All right, inappropriate Earl. We're, we're cranking them out this week. Uh, you know, it's very haphazard how I do this. Some weeks it's one. Some weeks it's five. This week it's three. Uh, you know, like I said many times before, I get the guests when they can come to my house. <laughs> and I don't do an episode when they don't want to come to my house. I'm in serious negotiations right now with Thorpe from the White Shadow, Kevin Hooks. But he, he just realized, oh, I got to go to your house. So things have been uh, delayed. And I get told no a lot. You know, Peter Horton, ref- yeah, you know, he doesn't want to come to the house. I can't force him. But he gets back to me. I'll give him that. My man from Side Out with C. Thomas Howell gets back to me. That's all I want. Yes, no, possibly. Don Fry came to my house, the legend. And today we have another legend, someone who might be as bitter as me. <laughs> but he deals with it in a much better fashion than I do. Please put your hands together for the one, the only, someone I don't really even know that well, mm-hmm. which I actually prefer, Jamie Kilstein. Yeah, we do our podcast the same way, uh, where I, I don't want to find out about people. I... I only ask people to be on who I think I'm going to be friends with. And then I essentially like podcast our first day of friendship. And I'm like, let's learn about each other. Like I do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I just want people uh, who are interesting to me and who are nice. And yeah. And when you plan questions, it's like, it's very much. So tell me about the time that I already read about and know the answers. And it just kind of gets like uh, stagnant. Yeah, I mean, which is why I think some people uh, dig how I do it. It's just like two people at a bar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, also, who the fuck doesn't want to come to your house? You went out and you bought me water. You have an adorable dog. Well, I get it. You know, I mean, I I certainly, uh, like when I'm asked to do podcasts, I'm like, well, where is it? Oh, it's in... uh, you know woodland hills i'm like oh fuck Uh, am i just a loser and i was just like i'll do it i gave you like you're like when are you open i'm like every day (laughs) well i mean you know i i get it though yeah Uh, you know it's like what's in it for me if i come to your house and you know i'm not fucking tiny dog well it's a a great uh, dog uh you know it's the podcast is doing reasonably well so there is something of you know uh people are babies uh, well, I, they're just lazy. I'm only calling them babies because I found out Don Fry said he came here. Oh, Don! I'm like, was, I wouldn't call Don Fry a baby. That Don was the best. I have, to, I haven't heard that. Po- I have to listen to it. You know, I was very green, and I, I think it was one of the first twenty I, I've done. So I was very, you know, I was. Was nervous. he hard to get going, or was it like short answers? The only thing that went wrong was uh, this was right around the time Michael Sam, the gay football player. Oh yeah, for the Rams. Oh, no, uh, was that story was kind of breaking. So I uh, asked Don what he thought of maybe gay MMA fighters. Yeah. If there are any? Yeah. And he just looks at me and goes, uh, "I was molested. I don't really think about it." Whoa. And I think he was being serious. Whoa. Uh, and I'm like, oh, okay. How about that Gary Goodrich know, fight? man. <laughs> That's always a weird moment. I feel like in my old show, I definitely like, I had stuff like that where the interview was so, so good. And then just something happened, like so good and, and intelligent and funny and they're being vulnerable. And then you just say something and they're like, yeah, well, you know, you can't have like faggots on the street. And you're like, what? <laughs> and you have to like just like nod and write down the number for where you're going to like erase it. Like See, later before you don't. I don't delete. Uh, I feel. I anything. think I've only had to do it like two or three times. I think like one guy just went on this like tangent about like. How like, he's like, if I have a daughter and she's out of line, just like talking about, he's going to like fucking beat the shit out of her. And I was 
She's like, I don't think he was like a poet. This was like on my very progressive show. It wasn't like comics joking around. You know what I mean? He was just like, yeah, if she like steps out of line and I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, I've had five guests say the N word, hard ER. Oof. And uh, two of them were black, so they get the pass. Great. So we the, start, we're still at three. Which yeah. Is rough. Three white guys, and all Great. three of them after the podcast was like, hey, you're going to delete that out, right? I'm like, nope. No, man. You said it. You deal with it. I feel like anyone who has the confidence to drop the hard R version, it's kind of like, you know, that's staying in, correct? Well, I mean, I can't, I mean... Like, was he just trying to impress you and the dog and then was like, get that out of there? I think we had a nice, in, in one situation, we had a nice run of a conversation talking about, you know, I think Roast Battle or something. And, yeah. and he just, you know, because back in the early days of Roast Battle, they had a rule where um, if it was two white comics battling, like say it was you and me battling, each one of us could say the N-word. <laughs> That's really funny. That's actually really funny hard <laughs> and there was one i don't Jesus. think he would rem i don't think he would mind me telling this but jason tebow oh yeah uh <laughs> legend of punch drunk sports see i'll plug other people's podcasts i'm gonna be really honest with you before you said his name i'm like was it jason tebow <laughs> and Teebs is the best he's awesome um, great comic and uh you know fellow mma uh, fan he's actually one of the people that lois has bitten great uh, <laughs> one um, of them <laughs> he's been t in two groups of five the five n-word dropping and the five people that your dog bit well he didn't say the n-word on this podcast uh, surprisingly he has not been on this podcast oh yet. shit oh yeah uh, I, i've been meaning to get him online too but he did a roast. You know, it's weird. Like someone like that, you think would have been one of my first guests. Yeah. Just because we're good friends. But, uh, you know, I just figure. Sometimes you like just keep putting the, I have a couple of good friends like that, that I'm like, I don't think you're ever, like we were, we're just like, yeah, yeah. Next time I see you do the right. thing. But I figure just like someone like him, he's got his own podcast. He probably doesn't want to do a lot of other people's pods, <laughs> Yeah. but he uh, was battling Matt Nost, a very funny uh, comedy store comic. Or yeah, he's just a comic, not comedy sure. store comic, but uh and his closing joke was, well, we all know uh, Matt's dad left him beat and his mom fucks. Jesus Christ. And I've been to Kiss concerts. I've been to Super Bowls. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was at the UFC fight where... Uh, yeah. Carwin uh Lesnar beat Carwin but yep. it was very Carwin almost like it was like this craziest yep. fight I've never heard a reaction to at anything oh. uh, like uh, when T I mean the room exploded holy uh, shit so you know that's back uh when roast battle was you know in the wild days yeah there's something interesting about uh about I mean, just sort of comics in general, because I stepped away from stand-up for a really long time uh, because I felt like I just like fucking failed, right? And I do this thing. One of the things I've been working on doing is if I feel like I failed something, instead of being like, it was a good run. I have to burn it to the ground, like in my head, where I have to be like, fuck comedy. All comics are awful. I've like cut off ties to any comic I know. And I have to convince myself or this is how I was. I used to have to convince myself that I'm like self-righteously walking away instead of just being like, no, you, you plateaued or you fucked up or, or, or whatever. And so I got really deep into like the sort of political world and something happened last, uh, the last couple of years where like 
somehow like liberals and comics started feuding where it was the whole rape joke thing um, with Tosh. And then they were like alt comics. And then it was liberals who call out, um, you know, anytime a comic says something, there'll be like an article and like fucking bustle or some shit. And then, uh, you know, and, and so on. And it wasn't until my, and, and I started like buying into it. I started buying into like, yeah, it's just a bunch of fucking white dudes dropping the N word. and. And then when like my life fucking imploded, the only people who reached out to me were comics. It was Joe, it was Stan Ho, and not just comics, like edgy comics, like comics who people would think are assholes like Stan Hope or uh, uh, Jim Norton um, and people like that. And I just forgot when you were talking about the roast battle and just how fucking edgy comics could be. I also forgot that they're also at the same time, and I don't think a lot of outsiders, I mean, comedy fans know this, especially now a podcast, but the sweetest, most vulnerable, broken people. And in a weird way, like I think because comics admit how fucked up they are, that makes them more empathetic um, when someone's going through something really bad. Whereas like my old crew were so sort of self-righteous all the time and were so busy like casting people out on Twitter, um, that when one of our own goes down, it's just, you just look out for the, for yourself and you're just kind of like, you know, not really the progressive you say you are, but just sort of like cutthroat. You know what I mean? It's the opposite of, I think what a lot of people would assume. That was yeah, a weird I mean, tangent that came from Jason Tebow saying the N word, but I think you know what I mean? And winning the roast battle. Winning. And, oh, good. Won, good he man. won based on that joke. goddamn right he won uh but well i don't even reply back to people on twitter like no you can't i, you, I mean i see chris D'Elia do it all the time it's like one of the funniest things he's he, he's really good at it i feel like he's like it's only every once in a while it's a fucking hard reply and then he does it a lot like you know ever since i saw my reddit uh on my battle with jimmy carr yeah uh and you know because a lot of people were pissed that i beat him there so, why what am, well you know you know i feel uh you know like my role on roast battle is on you know the the perfect mma analogy i think has been askrin oh yeah, yeah that's a great analogy well it it really is because it, it's the equivalent of the ufc saying hey uh we're not going to sign you. Yeah. But you can fight all of our fighters. And also, I'll 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 add to that analogy. Everyone who knows about fighting loves them. Right. I mean, whereas like dumbasses who don't um or just like Meh. he's, he's like, born. Yeah, exactly. When he, it's like no, 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 no. He's incredibly innovative and exciting and aggressive and 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 and, and tactical and you know. Oh, I love watching him fight. Uh, so good. But it it would be like if like his first fight. All right, you want to you want to fight our guys? You're going to fight GSP in Montreal. Right. right then he right, beats right. him. All right. Well, you you want to prove how tough you are? You're going to fight McGregor in Ireland. Beats him. All right. <laughs> We're going to give you Khabib in Russia. Beats him. Yeah. And that's how I was with Roast Battle. Like, 
It's just I kept beating all these people they wanted to see when. Yeah. And it's like, well, don't get mad at me. No, hype you. Like, I mean, that's, yeah. the thing with, that's the thing with Askren, where it's just like, why aren't we hyping? Same with Mighty Mouse right now. I mean, Mighty Mouse is fighting this Saturday. He is the longest reigning champion. Co-main event. Co-main event. How is he not the main? The last fucking fight he had, he finished it on the buzzer with a suplex into an arm bar. And they showed it one time, I think, in like, it's not even in a lot of the main ads, where it's like, dude, that that move alone, it was like when Pettis hit the, the flying kick off the cage. Against it, uh, Henderson. Against Henderson. It's like, you watch that fight, uh, like you show that commercial, I'm gonna be like, oh fuck, I'm gonna watch MMA. Yeah. I thought it was boring, but like people do like ninja shit. That's amazing. They just don't hype him because like, you know, I don't know why. I don't know if if they say he's uh hard to work with or he's just not marketable because he's not a trash talker or like a, a blonde girl, big tits or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I think in his case. Uh, he's just kind of boring. Like he's gr he's the best at what he does, but like yeah, that, as a person, you mean he's boring? yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, At least in interviews, I've never met him. Uh, right, he, he might be the funniest guy, but uh, but what's crazy is like even fight wise, he's not every fight he has won, not only in like a different way, but almost with like a different style. Like the last time he beat Henry, it was all knees. He need him once. And Henry was like, Hur. and then he's like, all right, I'm just going to finish this with knees. Just knee to the body, knee to the body, knee to the head, knee to the head, done. Um, he's beaten other guys by being like rangy. He's beaten other guys with his wrestling. He's beaten other, like, it's every time you, it was like John Jones, just a tiny version. It's like, oh, every time you watch him, he's going to do new shit. So like, fuck hyping the personality, have him be like the quiet killer, then book him against loudmouths. And have him just be tactical and beat the shit out of him. And I also think, yeah, I totally agree. But I think in that weight class, there's really, uh, I don't know, like I, I just, Cejudo's a great fighter, but it's, yeah. I'm just not really interested in No, the I think after, I mean, I don't know when this is going to air, but I think after that fight. So in about one hour. Oh, great. Okay, so on the fight Saturday, you need to professional wrestling it and do what you did with Brock. And Mighty Mouse wins the co-main event. Then fucking TJ wins or Cody wins. Bring Mighty Mouse into the cage. And then you you book your super fight off of that. Yeah. That's I mean, how you do it. Get him his payday. Although, you know, I don't... I mean, I'm a huge pro wrestling guy. Me too. Uh, we have to talk about that. Well, I mean, I... Uh, I've loved... I mean, I don't like the current product just because I, I... It's boring. Okay, I'm so fucking glad you said that. So, I was obsessed with professional wrestling. I hitchhiked to meet... Uh, Mick Foley and Al Snow. <laughs> Dude, I was talking to... I pretty much got... I got, like, catfished by a fake Mick Foley. <laughs> like, it is shocking that I haven't been, like, raped, molested, or kidnapped. Like, the shit I used to do as a kid uh, is ridiculous. Like, when AOL came on, there were all these wrestling uh, chat rooms and stuff. <sighs> and I... Like wanted to be a pro like I literally remember having a conversation with my dad where he was like, What if comedy falls through? And I was like, uh, I'm gonna be a pro wrestler. Like we had like our backyard wrestling. We wanted to like film it and like send it off to like like indie. Uh, because I grew up in Jersey. So like I went and trained. Stevie Richards had a school oh. in Pennsylvania. Like I was convinced I wanted to do this. And I was talking to this Mick Foley guy uh on AOL. And uh, he, I don't know how he convinced me it was McFall. I think I just wanted it to be right. so badly. Um, and 
And he was like, he was like, he gave me my backyard wrestling name. He was like, all right, you do martial arts. So we'll call you hardcore Don Lee. And I'm like, again, as I say this out loud, I was like, clearly I was talking to a sex predator or something. And uh, huh. before I met up with this guy, thank God. Cause he was like, I can train you. And all this stuff. That's when Foley and Al Snow were doing like some signing and like, uh, like Levittown, Pennsylvania or something. And my brother and I hitchhiked. And I remember I went up to him and I was like, uh, he was like, what's your name when he was signing it? And I was like, well, you may know me as hardcore Don Lee. And he was like, no, I don't. And I was like, oh, we're talking on online. And he like America online, like me and you. And he's like, oh no, that you have to stop talking to that person. And he's like, that's not me. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I had like a picture of me looking sad and him together. It was when you'd take like Polaroids right. and just hand it to you. And, uh, and then I went back and I don't know how I noticed, didn't notice this. I went back to my AOL and his screen name was Mick Foley. Uh. Just like fucking. And I, I just like went for it. But anyway, I did all that stuff and I was so obsessed with it. Um, and then, now it's like popular. Like it's like hipster popular. Like everybody I saw was like live tweeting WrestleMania. And I was like, great. I can watch it now without being like a weird outcast. And I was fucking so Just, bored. I was so bored. I mean, I watched it last year and so I'll give it a, I'll give it a second chance. Yeah. Cause I was so pissed that they fucked over sting. Yeah. And this is like 2015. So this is a while ago. Uh, you, you'd think, if you're going to give anyone like their props, it's that motherfucker been in the business 30 years, yeah. you know, was loyal, which his loyalty actually hurt him. Cause I'm sure Vince McMahon was like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Know? So I don't, I stopped watching by then my last, I feel like my big screw job of the generation I watched was the Bret Hart WrestleMania spit in the face, Shawn Michaels, Iron Man match. Like that was, that was the generation I was obsessed with. But then I stopped watching, I think, after, like, NWO, I was, like, super on board. Um, but then, yeah, all the sting, yeah, I, I missed all of that. So they well, just, like... Well, they brought him in, you know, and it was, like, a big deal. Like, he was the only guy to never jump ship. Right. And so he's really the last guy or girl, I guess maybe Rousey later, but, like, where you could be, like, oh, my God, he's here. Like, right. I never thought I would see him. Right, this. right, right. So they have him uh, fucking job out to Triple H at WrestleMania, Oof. which made zero sense. Yeah. They, just like give it, him a, it, in his first. In his first match. Uh, like, just give him one win. Right. And then have him lose to Seth Rollins two weeks later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Jesus Christ. And, you know, it made no sense for Triple H to, to be the first guy to fight him. Uh, you totally could have had like Randy Orton do the legend gimmick. Yeah, like, I yeah, beat yeah. this guy. I beat this guy. Blah blah blah. And then Sting drops down and goes, "Well, you didn't beat me." Ugh. And you, know, you do a little sh program. Yep. And instead, you know, and he looked like he had like bald spots everywhere. Like he looked like a St. Jude's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. commercial oh, star. No. And, and it, you know, it's just like like Rousey's getting the treatment. Yeah. Like she's doing great. She she really is. But uh, like she should not be treated better than sting no no uh, initially no so but i watched last year's wrestlemania all right my feelings subsided even though that's what got me originally on piper's podcast oh because you know he used to come up to the comedy store right that makes sense and uh i think i was doing a set 
about staying. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> tells you why I'm going on at, you know, fucking 145 in the yeah. morning. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, come on my podcast and talk about it. Because I really was pissed. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, it, it went so well because I think he liked having someone else be the bad guy. Right. He was 60. Yeah, like, man. You know, you mellow out. Uh, and then he was like, well, just keep coming on. What the fuck was... I feel like I would... I've met, as of you, very famous people in comedy and acting and music. And I, I feel like professional... If I met, like, a professional wrestler from, like, my generation... Like, if I met Piper or, like, any of those guys, there was something about, like, growing up with them thinking it was so real. and be. I mean, I was talking to my little brother about it today. And when... When the NWO first happened, I mean, I was older at this point. I was probably like, I was maybe even out of high school. Um, and they stormed the uh, WCW and then the Hogan turn. I mean, pretty much 24 hours a day, I was thinking about that. Like, not just on Monday nights. I was just like, my life revolved around that. Like, it was so fucking real to me um, that I'm like, I feel like if I met like a Shawn Michaels or like, I, I don't think I would be composed. I think I'd, I think I'd fuck up. Well, I mean, that was like wrestling nine 11 when, like when Hogan. Oh yeah. Like dropped that second leg on uh, macho man. I was like, Oh fuck man. I Dude. mean, there was a guy in the front row crying, crying. I'll never forget. He had an ECW shirt on. I re yes. Yes. And he had like a, <laughs> he looked like he was from Jersey, Italian. Yep. Yeah. He was devastated. Yeah, man. I mean, cause they really did a great, uh, another thing I don't like about today versus like back then was today the storylines are rushed inside of two weeks. They're rushed and the interviews seem very long, right? The like in the mic, it just seems like it's like, I think that's why I don't like it. It just seems like 10 minutes of bad stand up and then very short matches. Yeah, it's like if you look back even before the NWO, like a guy like Rick Rude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or, you know, uh, the, the four horsemen, like. Mm hmm like the old school, like they got you, they were in a weird way, better actors to me. Cause you really hated them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, I don't hate Seth Rollins. No, to me, he's kind of funny. Well, that's the thing is there's also that kind of like, I think maybe cause they do have like more mainstream or it is kind of like hipster, ironic, cool to like wrestling again. It's almost like the bad guys are very like wink and nod. Like they're, it's almost like too clever for their own good. I mean, Jesus Christ. I remember, and this wasn't a good, I'm not saying this was like a good or clever angle. This was definitely like a little jump in the shark, but I will never forget big boss man breaking into the undertaker's house and was like, I'm coming for your mom. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean you, but you really believe. Yeah. You're just like, this is fucking insane. Wow. Or like Vince McMahon, like orchestrating, like the kidnapping of his daughter and being like, it was me the whole time. Like that shit was bonkers. It was fucking bananas. Uh, there was an angle where this is man. None of this stuff would fly now. Do you remember when gold dust uh, and razor Ramon were feuding and literally the only thing about him that made him a bad guy was he was gay and trying to kiss razor Ramon. I mean, I, and people I, were like, boo losing their shit. Well, I think my favorite gay theme storyline was the Billy and Chuck marriage. Which one was that? That was when uh, Billy Gunn and, oh, yeah, yeah. and Chuck Palumbo. <laughs> this was such a big storyline. I remember the smoking guns. I don't know Palumbo. They were going on uh, like Good Morning America. It's like <laughs> the first gay 
like openly gay couple in pro wrestling. Oh. I mean, it was they really hid the uh, storyline, and then uh, they had the gay wedding <laughs> where Bischoff was the minister, but you didn't know. Yeah, uh, he was. They, the makeup was unbelievable. Oh my you god! You really thought this was this crazy ninety-year-old minister, and uh, what was it? Uh, so they're about to give the rings. <laughs> yeah, and Billy Gunn's like, "Wait a minute, man! This is going too far. You know, we're not gay." Oh my god! And the crowd erupts like as if they were gay. It would have been the worst thing on the planet. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was just like <laughs> Enrico, who was. God, he was a good, uh, he was a mid-carder, but like he was so funny. He was playing the gay wedding organizer. Yeah. And then at one point, the godfather comes out with all the hose, and Rico's like in this gay accent, goes, <laughs> get all those, those, those good time girls out of here. <laughs> and it was really like the last great storyline. And then, because yeah. this is when Bischoff was managing uh, three, three minute warning. Okay. And so every time uh, there was a bad moment about to happen, he would say the word three minutes. So just as they're about to get married, even after they said the we're not gay thing, Bischoff right. goes, you guys should get married because a marriage lasts a lifetime. It could last for seven years, five days, oh God. or three yes. minutes. And then all of a sudden, Umaga... Oh. Rosie and Jamal, who so one of good. them came in and just beat up everyone. It was just like God. Do you remember uh, off the the gay theme? Do you remember when like it, it was almost like a meta storyline? Barry Horowitz at the Brooklyn Brawler. Well, so there was. Um, so if anyone who doesn't, God, if anyone who doesn't uh, watch wrestling, I apologize for the majority good for of this you podcast. If you don't. Yeah. Um, so there's something called like a jobber, right? right. And so Monday Night Raw and the big pay per views are always going to be like big names versus big names. But then there were these like Saturday cards that were on like TBS or USA or something. And you'd have like a big guy and they'd go against like a nobody you don't know whose job. It, oh, my God. I just remembered a story whose job it is to lose. And so one of these jobbers name was Barry Horowitz. And, you know, no one knew him. Like he would just be on these weekend cards. And then they built an angle around him winning. And, and it was against. Uh, 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 do you remember Skip and Sonny? I don't. Skip and Sunny, Sunny. I think she went on to like. I remember she was hot and oh, yeah, went yeah. on to like drug OD. And then Skip was like, essentially like his his bit was like he was like a jazzercise teacher, um, and uh, and he won. Simon it, Dean. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think so. Um, and then Horowitz won, and they built him up as like this wasn't supposed to happen, and it was almost this like meta angle of the jobber beating the system and becoming like a real wrestler. And right. yeah, he's just no catchy nickname. No, he just had blue tights, and his name was Barry Horowitz. No backstory, nothing. And he won, and then they tried to build that up. And I just remember fucking being obsessed with it. Um, What's well, like when they made Norman Smiley? Uh, yeah the wiggle yeah yeah yeah. he was the hardcore champ but he hated violence so, good. so it was really you know that was more of a, okay this is like Dude, stupid i used to go to those like ecw events like and uh uh there was uh, again talk about things that couldn't happen now i mean the dudley boys would just grab the mic 
and like find someone in the crowd and be like, what are you going to do? You fucking faggot. I mean, just go hard. Like, oh, and, yeah. and it was, and people would just, just in Philly bingo halls and stuff. Well, they took down the clip of when, uh, Sid Vicious, uh, it was his debut in ECW and it was against the Dudley boy. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Bubba Ray is like, you got a real pretty mouth, you big dumb faggot. <laughs> and the crowd's going nuts. nuts. And then there's like a couple other homophobic zingers. Oh. And uh, so you couldn't do that now. Oh, oh. Uh-uh. Sandman. Uh, no, who was it? Uh, Raven crucified, putting the Sandman on a cross. Oh, my God. Yeah, or it was, that- uh, it, one or the other. Yeah, uh, I feel like Raven would be the one to do that you right put the sand, and then because uh, raven was, they tried to ha- he was kind of like a, a, a an angsty gothy like uh emo dude almost because that was when they were trying to sign kurt angle so that match right, 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 right. was kurt angles i guess that was the first time he ever had seen an ecw match and yeah. he's like uh no oh, i can't i was in the olympics take I, me out i can't do this at all like remove my name oh my god because he had done something right before that match like an yeah. interview and he literally was like no jesus well the saddest wrestling thing i ever saw was me and my friend we used to my best friend in new jersey we used to go to all the wrestling events and man like we went to this one banquet and like met owen hart and like triple h when he was like the pretend the butler right. and he was actually the nicest guy because no one wanted to talk to him because he just had that like lame uh angle and i remember his handler tried to like pull him out and he was like no no no, i'm talking to the kids he was like super excited to like talk right. to people um and so we find out that Jake the Snake Roberts is going to be in like our town, which is weird because we're just in the suburbs in Jersey. Like I wasn't in New York yet. And we're like, holy shit, Jake the Snake's going to be in our town. That's amazing. And the new WWF magazine had Jake the Snake on the cover. I remember it was like this like bright kind of teal and he had his big yellow snake. And uh, so we're going to the event and we're like asking his mom who's driving us. We're like, where is it? And she's like, it looks like it's at a church. But like, that doesn't make sense. And we're like, all right, whatever. So we drive out into like the sticks of Jersey. And sure enough, it's like in this church. And we're like, oh man, I hope there's like wrestling. And we walk in and the church, there's an, they brought in like a ring. Like it's a real like ring. And we're like, all right, cool, cool, cool. But we still, we're young. We have no idea why the fuck it's going to be at a church. So Jake comes out and we uh, freak out. Everyone's like freaking out. There's probably like, like a hundred people in the audience. And Jake gets on the mic and uh, and he was like, I've faced a lot of tough opponents in my day. And we're like, yeah, like screaming. And he was like, but the greatest one I ever faced. And we're like, who? Hulk? Like whatever. And he goes, uh, he goes, was addiction. And like everyone was like, oh. what's happening? Oh. And I guess he was on this like weird motivational anti-drug tour before like relapsing again i think with crack and he just gave this whole speech about finding god and whatever and then the one wrestling match he had is he had one of those jobber guys come out in just a black mask and that was jake's inner demons (laughs) so the match was just him fighting his inner demons and then uh he busted the snake out and then uh signed some autographs it was fucking really weird to see as a kid I mean, I think the saddest wrestling thing I've ever seen was uh, there was a competitor, I guess you'd say, of ECW out here called XPW. Okay. And it was run by a porn company. Great. Perfect. And uh, so they went real nuts on the angles. Uh, yeah. Like, they're, 
their tag team champs were. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't believe they had shirts with this on it. The West Side. Whoa. Uh, you know, it rhymes with bigger. Whoa. Uh, and it was like, they had like shirts with like kids were wearing like these merch. shirts. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and then they had a, a gay wrestler. He did, this was pretty funny, actually. I'll never forget. He was like a skinny Mexican dude named Angel. Okay. And like his thing was, you know, he'd beat you up. And then his finishing move, uh, <laughs> instead of the ref, uh, you know, hitting the mat three times, he would get you on all fours yep. and pump you in the ass three times. How many people would you say were like in the crowd for like these events? Well, here's the thing. Like I, I saw, uh, because Sabu started wrestling for them. Oh, okay. I think I've maybe seen clips then. Oh, it's so sad, dude. It made ECW look like the WWE. I mean, there was no budget in these things. Ugh. But at the high school shows they would do, they did a few at Birmingham High in the Valley. Yeah. Uh, a typical high school gym. Uh, probably 300 people could fit in there. Sure. And uh, high school did not do a good job vetting what, what they were renting their auditorium oh out they to. They had their basically their uh, Michael Buffer was a guy who would uh, dress up in a Nazi uniform and goose step to the ring. <laughs> I mean, they went nuts. Oh my God. And uh, at this match, they had, uh, I guess, their. Big bumper was this guy named Supreme. Okay. And he's like King Kong Bundy, but maybe 5'9". Yeah. Probably 400 pounds. But he was like fat in shape. He, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Clearly was uh, pretty in shape. And they had this spot where uh, there was three sides of the ring, had the ropes, and then the fourth side didn't. So they put, <laughs> it was crazy. I can remember this like it was yesterday. So they put up this ladder in the middle of the ring. And I think the spot was someone, he's going to get to the top of the ladder. And then they push him over the side with no ropes yeah. to, on this table of like barbed wire and glass. So he starts climbing up the ladder. He's almost at the top and the thing collapses. Oh no. <laughs> And he jumped and he fell on the edge of the ring with no ropes. Oh. <laughs> so his ribs and, oh. and upper chest oh. literally like, oh, fuck, would, fuck. Uh, just so I can give the audience a view. Like, like th this is Supreme. This is the view he had. He fell like that. Jeez. So he's down. Oh, it gets worse. Uh, he's down for probably 10 to 15 minutes. How does it get worse? Oh, I guess. Uh, Wait, he's down for how long? 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I really thought he was dead. Yeah, uh, yeah. The girl next to me is crying. Yeah. Uh, she's got the a announcer's kid. just goose stepping around in a panic. The announcer, yeah, he's like trying to do like really bad uh, audience uh, warm up. Like, you know, hey, I don't come to your yeah. job as this guy's fucking dying. Yeah. Hey, we got a Supreme shirts on sale. Buy him before he dies. Um and the girl next to me, I'm like, why are you crying? Are you a fan? Has he's like, that's my husband. No. Uh, so they come. It was so bad at one point. They get her to come down and go. He was either unconscious or he couldn't move. They're like, maybe your voice will. Yeah, it's something. Uh, oh. And she left a kid next to me. And, sure. Uh, you seemed trustworthy worthy enough. Well, in that crowd, I was. Yeah. No, uh, I, I, uh, yes. I mean, I was the second best looking chick in this crowd. <laughs> so 15 minutes goes by. He gets up. He gets back into the ring. 
and they find an even bigger ladder like <laughs> probably this is maybe a 10 foot ladder this ladder was i don't know 15 feet he gets to the top the bad guy and he could barely get to the top you know how in a ladder match they they kind of act like they, they do they're like oh yeah, yeah yeah this was for real <laughs> oh because he was almost dead 15 minutes ago he literally it was like he was drunk and trying to climb up a mountain. Oh, my God. So he gets to the top. Oh, what is his wife doing? Okay. They push him. <laughs> sure. Of course, he overshoots <laughs> the fucking table with the barbed wire and the glasses and the light bulbs and, and all this wacky stuff and hits the concrete floor. <laughs> Like the concrete floor is as hard as this table. Like yeah. th this is basically yes. a concrete table. And he's down for another 15 minutes. <laughs> Jesus. By the way, I'm not laughing like at this guy's pain. I'm laughing at the fact that like professional wrestling is fucking insane. And it is the biggest sport uh, probably in the world. Well, if you look up XPW Supreme, you'll see some of his YouTube videos. Oh my where, God. You know, the. It, like holy the, shit i'm like sweating i'm laughing so hard well, that's because it's fucking hot it's, it's, here, it's, to be honest with you but like he's take he does like the new jack the cheese grater across his forehead yeah, yeah, like yeah, this yeah. guy has no pain uh yeah uh you know not tolerance uh, he has no uh i don't think he can feel pain yeah it's like it's like fighting the a guy like jacked up on like pcp or something yeah but he finished the fucking match oh and then he's God. out there signing autographs uh oh. That, I mean, that was probably the wackiest thing. Maybe not the saddest thing, but the saddest thing was at the Olympic Auditorium, okay, which is a Korean church now, <laughs> and they it's off Sounds the five. Right. Yep. Uh, and b back in the day, you would have like Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. Like Andre so, this shit. place, but XPW had a show there. <laughs> Every time I hear XPW, I am going oh, to it's not amazing. be able to stop laughing. Like, is it still going on? Oh no, they had to shut it down <laughs> because Rob Black who was the uh basically the dana white of xpw yeah he was in the porn business i forget i, I forget the name of the porn company i want to say extreme something but uh he for publicity for one of their pay-per-views on the xpw website put up a i guess a, a webcam of this puppy and they had a countdown till the pay-per-view <laughs> That if they didn't get enough buys for the pay-per-view, they were going to kill the puppy, like online. And so I think I I don't know if the FCC or, or you know I don't know who would shut that down. Uh, I mean, a good Samaritan, perhaps. <laughs> Anybody? But, but all their valets were porn stars. Oh. I mean, but they had uh, the Sandman. Yeah, was wrestling for an XBW, I think against like Terry Funk. Oh, Jesus Christ. And if you remember this girl in WCW, this is when WCW was really going downhill. Major Guns, who came out with, uh, she was associated with Masterpiece, No Limit Soldiers. Okay. Huge, blonde, big fake tits. Oh. Olympic Auditorium, there was maybe, maybe 50 people there jesus christ and sandman's doing his usual you know fucking crazy stunts yeah uh it was like wow this is like watching a road comic like yeah or like someone you used to see on netflix or comedy central playing like a comedy zone or sal's comedy yeah, hall. yeah 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 like, oh. i mean i was like sad yeah uh, hey do you uh do you talk about 
I, 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 it's your show. I don't want to like Dude, crossover. please. But yeah, so crossover. So, show. so what's the, what's your stand up? Because we have not met until where do, you know i just gonna sound crazy i remember talking to you at uh sycamore tavern yeah but so where did we meet we really only met a couple weeks before at like four in the morning at the store where i was there um i think that was the night i met andy dick dude i am such a fucking codependent son of an alcoholic where i'm like working on like being in like healthy relationships and or like being single for a while and then uh the second i meet andy dick i swear to god my first thought is like i'm gonna be the guy to change him i can sober this guy up i I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me but i remember that was the night i met him and then it was like three in the morning and they were going out on the patio yep and i was like i will end up in a andy dick story which i do not want um and then me and you met and i think we were just talking about like some rock band and i was like oh we'll probably be friends and then i think i like followed you on twitter the next day and looked you up on youtube and saw like roast shit no 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 it's so good Um, my stand-up clips on youtube are atrocious i i I think i just saw roast stuff oh that I, I i mean i'm not ashamed of people seeing but like you know my uh i'm not very technically uh, savvy so yeah. i don't know how to put some of my newer know, stand-up bits on youtube i think the last new bit or new stand-up thing i have is when i opened for jeff ross in 2015 jesus uh at, and i mean it was a great it was irvine improv and yeah, that, yeah that's like a sweet i heard those rooms are great i like just started putting in avails for there I mean, Irvine's great because it's like a like a mini amphitheater. It's fucking big, really. Uh, so it, but it's uh, they tape your sets and it's like all high quality audio Ooh. and uh, it's kind of like Hermosa. Have you ever done Hermosa? Uh dude. It, if you ever need a five minute, uh, I do like a TV tape. I do. Uh, like I recommend that place uh for anyone who needs like a, a conan tape or, yeah, yeah yeah because it's high def audio and uh video like it you look like you're on conan that's fucking great um what um did you start in la yeah you know yeah i i, I regret it but uh because la i think is the worst place to start but it's yeah, where i'm from yeah uh well i noticed that like my generation like i because i was in new york i started in jersey technically but I started taking the train over to New York. Um, and when I started headlining, I would like go to Chicago and the guys that they would have open for me, dude, there was this dope theater back in the day. It's a fucking like laugh factory now, but it was called the Lakeshore theater. Did you ever play there? No, no. It was just this like total rebel dude who ran it. This guy named Chris Ritter. I think he like drives for fucking Lyft now. I just saw him Facebook friend me. Um, and, uh, him and Provenza kind of like ran it like, low-key um but they were the you know they would bring like stan hope and like just all the like edgy comics but it was just like theater it was great um like reggie watson i played there and uh there was like this grand piano on the stage and it was just it was awesome but it was like gritty too it was like a punk rock theater and but yeah the dudes who used to like open for me were like Hannibal and I mean just giants and so many of those Chicago guys who are my age they didn't move too early it was like Kumail Mulaney uh Hannibal they just stayed and they got a shitload of stage time in like a good city and then like I mean the second Mulaney came to New York they were like oh time to be famous because he was just so good he was just so good I mean you know 
I mean, LA is where you come to make it or New York. Yeah. But even, you know, the people in New York have to come here eventually. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just, I did. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, in some ways I regret starting here, but it's like, you know, what are you going to do? You're born out here and yeah, you're not going to like move to like fucking Des Moines to do open mics. Yeah. I mean, but in some ways I wish, uh, like for me, I, I was like the motorhead of comics. I had yeah. this cult, like, you know, people would call me like the dang cook of shitholes. That's <laughs> great. Uh, and, I, and it's not really like, it's kind of like calling a girl the skinniest girl and the biggest loser. It's like yeah, you're still yeah. pretty fucking fat. Yeah. Uh, but I got too comfortable. And so that's what happened to me in a different way. That happened to me uh, when I started getting like into the like SJWE overly PC like political world. I would, the only times I would do clubs would be like a Montreal audition or whatever. But I started to like puss out where if people were like, shouldn't you do, be doing spots at like stand up New York? And I'm like, well, I could, but I know it, next week I'll be in front of like 50 vegans in Philadelphia who will literally clap at everything um, that I say. And I mean, I think at the time, yeah, I was doing jujitsu because the thing that really humbled me was like MMA and jujitsu. I think that just being involved in that sport, like you're used to like pushing yourself and challenging yourself. And I don't know if it's just when I was in New York, I was just depressed and suicidal and in a shitty marriage. And, uh, um, I think that the shows were like all I had. And so even though I came up, like I came up at the Boston comedy club, it was just such a fucking cool time. Like me and Pete Holmes were the people who handed out flyers. So we were like the scrubs, but then the grade above us was like big J and like Metzger and then the great above them who we would watch every night. It was like Patrice and Geraldo and Norton and fucking uh, um, Chappelle. That's when Chappelle was coming by all the time. And then Colin and Natel. And I mean, it was just, it was the best. Um, and it was almost like, you know, like not that you'd want to bomb, but like a tell used to like, tell us like you either have a good set or like a good story. And you know, you'd go and you'd fucking treat it like a war and you'd either bomb going down in flames and be proud of that or you'd crush. And, but then I just, you get like the littlest bit of success and you either keep challenging yourself and get great. Uh, or like for me, I, I just was like, yep, this is the only thing that makes me happy. I'm not going to risk bombing. I just became so scared of bombing that I stopped doing clubs and yeah, and I only went to that niche audience. And then when I lost that niche audience, I'm like, cool, I have nothing. Like I barely have chops because I'm just used to out of the 15 years I've done stand up, five of those years were probably just in front of people who would clap at everything. It would like that clapped your political joke bullshit, you know? But like, like that's like what I want now. It's it's like I see how you know, Rogan's tapped into like that audience that loves him. Yeah. You know, Tony Hinchcliffe you know, it was typed, uh, typed in, tapped into like the younger crowd that likes the roasty, Yeah, you, you know. Uh, but that's different. That's not what I was doing. What I was doing was like subconsciously pandering. I but think. like you found an audience that dug your shit. Right. That's what I mean. But so. then I, but the fuck, but I morphed to them. You know what I mean? Right. So like if I had people say that something I said on the podcast was offensive, I wouldn't say that anymore. Oh, I get you. Uh, or like I would be like, 
you just start writing jokes, especially with politics. I started like writing jokes by topics where I'm like, well, I don't have an abortion one or I don't have a vegan one or I don't have a, and it would just be like this like checklist of like, you know, uh, it was like a progressive, like hostage list. It was awful. Um, I think that's different than organically getting like a cult following, which is good. That's you know? what I want. Yeah. Which is what I love about podcasts. Like me too. You could really narrow it down to, okay, I'm going to have these type of guests on and, you know, people who like MMA or eighties metal or hockey. Yeah. Was, you know, I don't think I'm going to, but like hockey fans are like blue collar, very supportive. Like I want that. Yeah. You know, and MMA fans are, uh, you know, I find that they really, you know, they lock on to a fighter and yeah, dude. I mean, again, like talk about like, um, uh, misjudging comics too. Like I did that skank fest. Yeah, which one? I did it last year. I did it this year. And I, you know, when I was at my like peak political where like, if it was a rape joke versus a feminist, I'm on the feminist side. Um, you know, I was friends with Lewis and, and all those guys, but like they understandably turned on me and I, I had but to, why? Like, I don't know that. I mean, I don't Oh, wanna, just like, because I was just a, like feminist over comic. That was it. Like Rogan and I got into it uh, before we became friends again, where I'm like, I was like the comic who was like, I mean, I still look like wh where there was like a panel on MSNBC, which is like our rape jokes funny. And I kind of like uncle Tomed it a bit uh, and was like, uh, you know, talking about like rape culture and, and, and all that stuff. And a lot of the stuff I do kind of agree with where I'm like, rape jokes can be hacky as well, you know, but like a good joke is a good joke. Like, so that's where I come from. Like, I think Tosh's problem, and he's great, you know, but the joke wasn't that funny. Well, and so that it, it was during the Tosh thing that, that, that I was on uh, MSNBC. Now, here's what's interesting, if you want to like, not to make this political, but what was interesting about it is, so I have my echo chamber on Twitter of just like progressive people, right? And when I went back on Rogan's in November and we were like joking about it and kind of recapping like our little fight about it, because we went at it about this. Um, it, all I heard, the only headline that my side got, and this is why, this is what pretty much all I'm talking about. I mean, this is what I'm talking about on my podcast a lot is like this bullshit, like tribalism. Um, was all we heard was Daniel Tosh said to a sad lady, it would be funny if you got raped five times or whatever. And when Rogan was doing the full recap to me and told me, I guess how it originally started was he goes, he didn't really have a set. He's like, what do you guys want me to talk about? And someone, some guy goes like rape and he goes, oh yeah, cause rape's so funny. We can talk about like the shame we can talk about. And he actually, that part was actually like a really fucking smart uh, subversive, if you want to say like rape joke. Right. But the only, I didn't get that part. The only headline I got was Daniel Tosh tells girl he should get raped five times. And that's why like this whole like clickbait online only read the headline culture. It's just such garbage. And then now you're seeing it's ruining people's careers and lives and you know, all the stuff. So, um, uh, yeah, so that was kind of the side I, I was on. And so obviously the the the, the Legion of Skanks people, um, uh, not the most intersectional feminist lot. Uh, heavily male. He very heavily male, heavily bearded, um, he heavy, heavily in general. Um, 
And man, when I went to do Skankfest, I was like almost ready to brawl where I was like, cause now we're all friends again. And like big J I've loved forever. He's the best. Dave, he's one of the funniest fucking people on the planet. He's such a sweetheart and a good dude. Just such a good dude. Like he's, you never know what a big comic he is. Cause he just sits there and talks to you. Like you're at a Phillies game. Oh, he was doing that with like fans who would come up with him. Yeah. He would just like getting them in on the bits, not shitting out. There have been comics I've gone up to that. I'm like, it's instantly weird. And I'm like, sorry, and I would leave, you know, um, but Jay's just so warm and, and great. Um, and so was Lewis, man. Uh, so, so they had, so they invited me this year and I went and like, I assumed it was literally going to be like a banquet hall of rapists and they were all fucking like sweethearts, man. It was just nerdy misfit, uh, comedy fans. That was yeah, it. I mean, and, and, and that podcast blew up so fast where like they were playing the Creek last year. And this year it was like a three floor, like rock club theater. And they sold it out. Oh, it's like uh, when I walked out to the patio last year and it was just like hundreds of podcasts and comedy fans. I'm like, this is my fan base. Yeah. Like not mine, but like, this is what I want as a fan base. I see that sometimes too. Like, like uh, it was like, I'll never forget the visual of go. Oh, what's out here? Oh, it's the patio. Everyone's smoking weed. I, and it was just like, wow. So like, what's stopping you now from getting that audience? Is it like, are you comfortable with just like late night store spots, your own podcast? Are you like, what would, because my podcast originally, so my podcast originally grew and we made a crazy living off it and we had no ads. This is not my new podcast. Please I mean, like, let me know how that's done. Well, it was a cult, it was a cult audience. Right. So like my podcast now I'm like, I literally have to rebuild and get a brand new audience of fans. Like I was telling you before the show when I went on Rogan's, like I didn't have the podcast cause I didn't want to promote anything. I wanted it to be like sincere. And now I'm just like, you fucking idiot. Like I should have had the podcast up when I did it, but I'm still kind of glad I didn't, but I think the only reason I pulled that off was because it was before every podcast had a Patreon and every comic had a podcast. And um, I mean, it's it's definitely a crowded field, but I think uh, I still think it's possible. Like comedy, I, I think if you're good at what you do, yes, it will uh, in some capacity happen for you. Me too. You know what? Uh, what happened? What that? It's like. Someone asked me recently, what's making it? And it's like, it was like, well, uh, you know, I'm sure to an open micer, I've made it. Oh, yeah. You I know. remember going up to Tom Papa when I was doing a guest set at the Stress Factory. And I was like, man, all I want to do is just make a living as a feature. And he laughed at me. <laughs> but was, like, to me. But like, that was huge. Like, yeah. A hundred bucks to do 20 minutes. Holy shit. And hotel and free drinks. And probably pussy. Yeah. Like that, dude, I For mean, free? right now I'm restarting and I'm just like, oh, I would kill and I headlined for years and I would kill to go back on the road with like a good comic as a feature. Oh, it was the fucking best. I mean, it, it, you know, but I'm sure even to like, you know, like to me, Rogan's made it. Yeah. You know, theaters, uh, number one podcast in the world by far. Yeah. I mean, we're all trying to be number two. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like literally, and probably three behind Rogan. Oh, dude, his, the, when you look at the whole fucking the charts, it's just the top 10 is just different episodes of his yeah. podcast. Like, I don't think I've ever had an episode 
uh, in that top ten. No. Uh, so, but you know, I'm I'm sure even to Joe, it's millions. Someone's above him and his mind, like you know, yeah. maybe uh, I don't know, Lenny Bruce or yeah, man. Uh, you, well, you know. I remember opening for, like, I I I I hope God, I hope because uh, <laughs> I think we're finally. I think we're okay. Um, but I remember I was opening for Marin. Um, Mark and uh, Marin and Stanhope were the first guys that took me out with them who were literally my two favorite comics. Like when I was like, growing up and, uh, and to me, Marin was just the best comic in the world and like the most famous. Cause I grew up seeing him, you know, he had however many Letterman's and Conan's and he had his half an hour specials that I had like fucking memorized. And he would just, he was the first comic after nine 11 in New York. I saw do a nine 11 joke and just crush. Right. It was so good. Um, and I just idolized him and we, I think we did the two, he, two heliums and he just was so unhappy because at the time I, maybe he was on air America, but it would be a sold out room, but maybe only like 50 were his hardcore fans. But right. to me, I was like, you can't get farther than this. You're headlining. You've done all the shows that I want to do. Like if you're not happy, I'm fucked, you know? Oh yeah. And, but then he got the podcast and then I'm sure there was a point and that now he can be anybody. We're like the podcast plateaus and then you get Obama and then like, are you happy or do you crash from that? Like, are you like, how do I top that? And it's, I think if you can, if you can use that to be like, my goal is to constantly get better. If that's the way you frame it, instead of like, I will never be happy, then you'll be okay. But if like, man, I think you just like, if you can look at your career through the eyes of an open micer and be grateful for that while you're still trying to get what Joe has, I think that's the balance. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, I just, uh, but it's hard. Well, it's such a wacky business and like, you know, uh, you know, my recent, uh, you know, at least to me, not the greatest uh, roast battle uh, situation. You know, that was my first time on a show, like a TV show. Right. Like where you saw the politics and the kind of bullshit back behind the curtain is yeah like, oh, this sucks yeah not the show but like no uh, you know to me in my mind like i'm like we're all making money you know i i have was never on tv as a comic really uh and uh, no i mean i was in like a rob schneider movie which i'm grateful for yeah, yeah, yeah uh but like here i was on comedy central five nights in six days right like to go 15 years with nothing, yeah, like yeah, yeah. not even a whiff wow. of, uh, it, it sh I look back and go, this should have been the happiest, like I've arrived yeah. and ended, it ended up, you know, being such a like bummer of like people trying to climb over each other and, and like just certain things being told to me that, uh, you know, let's just say, uh, you know, it goes back to the Ben Askren thing of yeah. like, I can't help it. I'm good at what I do and I'm beating people you want to see do well. Right. Like I'm, you know, is this pro wrestling? If you want me to just start losing, I'll, 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 I'll start falling. If I can get on the network as a comic. Right. Like I couldn't even get on at midnight, which, you know, you know, I don't think that show broke anybody. No, but I mean, I tried to get on it. I knew the booker from like, yeah, I tried to get on it too. And was just like, man, and before like, but yeah. like I saw like bringer show promoters on that, I know. and like I know. Uh, 
I don't want to mention names, but like, you know, maybe not the strongest comics. Sure. Uh, it's like, wait a minute, I'm one of the, not, not stars, the wrong word, but like one of the most popular roasters. Yeah. And I can't get on this show and you got to bring a show guy on there. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't get this. Do you think it's, uh, do you think it is politics? Do you think it's that like, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it's literally, I mean, I'm not the smartest dude in the world. Yeah. Certainly I've never made that claim, <laughs> but I think I'm pretty level headed and go, okay, what could it be? Right. Uh, I've never had a falling out with anyone on the show. I've never, uh, well, there was one person, but he knows what he did was wrong. Uh, <laughs> so ominous and great. Well, I don't want to get, no, I know, just, I know, I know. Uh, I'll tell you off air, but like what they did was wrong and they know it. Uh, but I, I'd never, uh, I've had so few interactions with Comedy Central executives right. that I remember them all. Right. Never uh, had a beef with them. Uh, Dude, I fucked up when I used to be uh, super political and just on Twitter all day, just avoiding my marriage. Uh, where like Robbie Pra, who gave me new faces, who gave me my one person show, who now runs Netflix, the biggest comedy producer of all time, during some fucking war in Gaza, I just shouted at him like, if you support the murder of children, we're not friends anymore. And then I blocked him on Twitter. And uh, I'm just like, why? Why did I do that? I mean, now I'm just like, Ugh. it's tough because it's like, Jesus, that's Robbie Pra. Like, he's the guy. That's so dumb. Like, he, you know, and then, you know, I've, you know, sent out some tweets that, you know, I mean, maybe executives are like, you know, you know, but I think my, my, uh, my concerns are pretty valid. Like, yeah. I mean, it's also like so much of it is even like less nefarious than that, but where it's, it's just like agents and managers and certain, those people have access and a lot of them have, um, almost like carte blanche or, you know, like, I mean, that's the only thing it might be because I don't have one. Right. Well, that's what I was wondering where like, so it's, it's like, just those guys so many times, like um, I'm trying to come up with a good analogy, like UFC, um, where if the, if the, the headliner, so if like Cormier's fighting, then uh, there'll be like AKA guys on the undercard or right, right. anytime, like, you know, there's like a team alpha male guy, maybe one of like the new guys is on like the, the, prelims or whatever, um, where they get to bring their guys, you know? Um, and a lot of that does have to do with like agents and managers and shit like that, where it's just CAA runs this show or, um, you know, you have to kind of go through like a bunch of different industry people. And, and I mean, everything I've ever gotten, even when I gave agents the 10% of it have been from comics where Provenza got me on the green room. Like Robin got me like agents and managers. Uh, even Conan, I got when the booker didn't have a job. He just saw me in Edinburgh do my hour. And, uh, I talked to him and other comics weren't kissing his ass cause he was nobody. He, he used to book at Aspen, but he didn't have a job. So it was like, me and him just had a beer and talked about comics we liked. And then once he got the job, he was like, I want to get you on Conan. But, you know, all that shit happened really naturally. And every time I've had agents or managers, I mean, they haven't really done shit. So it's this weird thing where, like, you need them to be in that inner circle. But also, like, you end up doing a lot of the legwork until you're famous anyway. 
and then just like giving them a cut of it, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, uh, you know, I want to cut the Facebook live feed. Oh yeah. Cause I want people to go, Oh, I got to listen to the rest of the night. Oh, yeah, well, it, you know, I'm we're being businessy. Dude, out. I'm so bad at stuff like that on my I'm podcast trying. too. I know. I know. I got to figure that out. Well, for the Facebook livers, where can they find you online boss? Oh yeah. So, uh, Twitter is at Jamie Kilstein. Uh, Instagram is at Jamie Kilstein podcast. And most importantly, I'm trying to promote the podcast, which is, uh, the Jamie Kilstein podcast. It's on Stitcher and iTunes. And then I started a Patreon. Uh, but yeah, it's good. I have like UFC fighters and comics and, uh, you know, Support Jamie. Yeah. We're going to talk for a few more minutes, but you're going to have to go to iTunes to Do listen it. to that Do shit. It. Do it. Um, well, that's the one crazy thing is like I got on roast battle uh, through uh, no agent, no manager. That's awesome. Um, I got on the Showtime show, no agent, no manager. And the Oh, car- yeah, that's right. Kind well, I'm a small part of that show. No, but it's but it, it's still. I mean, I fucking love that show. So anyone who's anybody on that show makes me very happy. I think it's too real. Like, I think that's why I like it so much. I have no idea how it's doing in the rating. I watched the first season, and I was debating. I'm like, do I just want to fucking quit and just do jujitsu and just have a fucking little studio apartment and a humble life and maybe find a wife one day? And then I watched that show, which should not inspire. That's how I know I'm broken. We're like, you shouldn't watch that show and be like, that's what I want to do. Uh, but I watched it and I was like, fuck. God well, damn it. I love comedy. I mean, the ratings for season one maybe weren't the greatest. But uh, season two, I think they were up 30%. Nice. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Dude, it turns like, out fucking Santino and Eric, like, they can act. Oh, and Madrigal. Oh, uh, oh my God. So funny. Everyone's like, so good in that. The scheming Mexican. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, Melissa Leo's won an Oscar. So she's like. Yeah, man. She's the only, you know, I haven't done a lot of table reads, to be honest with you. But, like, you know, when we're at the table reads, you know, everyone's just reading their lines. You know, you just. It's pretty simple. She's the only one who already has them memorized and will look at you. Like if she's got a line towards you, she looks at you. And that just like, does it kind of stop you in your tracks a little bit? It did me. Yeah, me would have me too. No, we didn't have a lot of lines uh, with each other. (laughs) To be truthfully, uh, none. But like, it was like, wow. Just being it, yeah. This is an Oscar winner. Yeah, man. Um, Um, And then the, the side characters, they would bring in like Rick Overton. Oh, Rick's a really good friend. Rick's the reason Rick introduced me to Robin. Rick's the reason that, I mean, really you could trace like a lot of my career to that where I was headlining the punchline and Rick was thought Robin would like me and he just brought him. And then Robin was literally like, what do you need? And then we just became like really close. But yeah, it was because of Rick. Oh, he's like, like if everyone were like him in stand up, it's like, wow, this would be the funnest business. Oh, yeah. Time. So that that's what we were talking about. Where like, I mean, man, I had when my, and I think most people, and like I just did Bert's podcast. I think most people know what happened to me. But like, just for the sake of this story, uh, when, when my life fucking uh, imploded, um, I'm really good, happy comics. Like, again, Joe. Like, Joe is like, from all I know about him, incredibly secure and healthy and just constantly trying to like help other people and like better himself. Right. Uh, reach out to make sure I was okay. Brought me on a show, all this stuff. Um, but I also had, uh, like probably the most famous, like lefty alt comic who I've never had a bad thing to say about. Um, 
just try to destroy from out of nowhere, just try to fucking destroy me. Barely anyone knew what actually happened to me. It was like very like niche Twitter gossip. And, uh, he's the reason that it blew up really. And there's part of, I, I saw him, I was with my girlfriend. Um, I saw him at a whole foods and I was like, well, I guess I'm going to fucking go up to him. <laughs> and my girlfriend kind of stopped me. This is before I did all the like self-reflecting. Uh, and she was just like, dude, he's miserable. Like, look at him. And like the guy has a pretty horrific recent backstory. Um, and it's like, yeah, man, like you're more famous than me. You're rich. And because of all that shit, I'm broke and was living on a couch and was teaching jujitsu after making a living doing stand-up for 15 years. Um, but like, if you spend every fucking day on Twitter, even if it's like self-righteous stuff against Trump that I, maybe I agree with, or just trying to bury people and ruin people's lives without even thinking about it, um, who you disagree with, who you haven't investigated what's actually happened, then it's like, you've got to be so fucking miserable inside that like, I kind of win. Um, or at the very least, I shouldn't bring myself to that place by like obsessing over you. Right. That's kind of what we were talking about. Like, off air too, where it's like, you know what, man, if you're, if you're, if you're not a Rick Overton, if you're so insecure about your standup, even though you're famous, even though you're successful, that you're going to try to bring people down, not bring people down who like legitimately did something wrong or like a joke thief or like fucking like, you know, uh, whatever. Um, but just because you're nervous or you don't want to follow them or they beat someone you like in a roast, then it's just like, you're miserable, man. And like, you can have all the money and fancy parties or, or whatever, but like, like you're, you're not even enjoying it. So why am I concerned with you? Why am I jealous? Why am I pissed off? I mean, that's what's been getting me through at least. Cause if I actually think about it and when I start telling the story and saying out loud, all the like bullshit that was said about me and stuff, like I start to get worked up and I have to like walk it back a little bit. We'll see with me. Like I believe in doing that, like out of sight, out of mind. Uh, like I don't go up to the comedy storm roast battle nights. Cause I just, there's too many people up there. That like, yeah. Uh, Who, by the way, if they saw you in person, all that stuff in your head, that would happen. Won't. Oh, I'm not, I'm never going to hit anyone. No, 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 no. But I'm saying like, they wouldn't even make eye contact. I think he saw me at the whole foods and right. just immediately zoop, head down. Like, you know, um, I think most people don't even want confrontation, uh, and they can talk shit behind people's backs and then they'll see you and they'll be like, Hey man, really good to see you. Like, and they'll just bullshit you. Oh, well, yeah. I think in person, uh, now I'm the worst fighter on planet earth. <laughs> I, I literally have no reflexes. I can teach you how to fight and we could just like, ex uh, extract revenge. But like, I'm like, I'm slower than shit. Like I'm like, I'm like. You tank Abbott slow. Tactical. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I think if I had to defend myself, like, you know, one night I was walking Lois, these three gay dudes were wasted. I mean, they were all three keeping each other up. Yeah. And, you know, one of them stepped on Lois's foot oh. and Lois has been kicked. So Lois freaked out and they just kept walking. And I was I just like, really, guys, you're not even going to fucking apologize or say, hey, I'm sorry. And the guy in the middle was a pretty big dude. Yeah. Uh, he started to charge me. And, Whoa. Uh, luckily, the less drunk of the three <laughs> held them back. But like, 
you know, I, I assume the position. Yeah, like, man. Uh, but, you know. You uh, would have gotten in trouble for hate criming three gay guys who stepped on your dog, by the way. And then, well, I was like, what do I do with Lois? I, I plotted the right, right, right. fence. I got to throw her over there. Oh, baby. Uh, Poor dog. And like, you know. Yeah. Uh, but. You've got enough pent up rage, man. I, I, oh, I, 100%. I, I, I would be in a bar fight with you. I would have no doubt would be okay. <laughs> um, You know, I. I <sighs> Sometimes it's those quiet people, man. Suddenly you like get a taste of blood. I think what scares me is I got choked out once by a cop uh, playing hockey. Holy uh, shit! Because in hockey, you know, I was you know I'm a bigger guy for hockey. Sure. Uh, and you know I was probably running around a little bit too much in this one particular game. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, guy's probably about your size. Yeah. Uh, he did this weird thing where uh, you know we're scrum in the corner the fuck you no fuck you yeah you want to go and i'm like yeah motherfucker because i thought okay i'm much bigger than this guy i'm gonna yeah. take him and he he pushed my shoulder like really like it just like a like angled push. yeah and he turned me around and he put me in a rear naked jesus which i, I mean, what i now know was a rear naked right at and the time, he, you're just like, this doesn't like, hurt. I'm going this? to sleep. Yeah. Uh, and I, he put me to sleep, and I woke up, and he had my glasses in his hand. Because I still play hockey with my glasses. Amazing. And I have a really, these are really expensive uh, because my prescription, my vision is so bad, I have to have this crazy prescription. Yeah. Uh, it's three different prescriptions. Jesus. It's, you know, one here, layered, yeah. one there for reading, <laughs> and then one here for driving. And uh, I'm like, oh, dude, please don't. Those are like $600. And he just looks at me and goes, don't run around again. I'm like, you got it, chief. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Well, wait, uh, I, I think I, that tangent was my fault because I got excited about fights. But so you were saying. No, I love tangents because that to me is what oh, people want to listen to. Oh, me too. But uh, but but I, I really want to get back to you were saying about how you know that you should have that out of sight, out of mind. That's why you avoid oh, going right. to the comedy store. Like with roast battle in particular, and with uh, I, I definitely don't want to hint at who this person is, but one of my last relationships, uh, I would get constant reminders. Yeah, like I got probably ten messages today about roast battle. So it yeah. got me to thinking about it yesterday. Ten messages. Hey, why aren't you on it? Right. Uh, and then one of the, I was really confused. I was like, Hey, I want to come see you. And he was like, Oh, I don't do that. And I was like, what the thing you're really good at? You don't do. I had one of the contestants last Tuesday. Uh, um, well, fuck it. I'll say it. I don't think he'll mind. Uh, Dolph Ziggler's brother. Okay. Dolph Ziggler Whoa. was battling Sarah Tiana. Okay. Um, so, and they're good friends. Dolph Ziggler's brother was That's like, awesome. dude, when's your battle? And I'm like, uh, I'm not on the show this year. And so it was just like, I was in a good mood. And then with the last relationship, uh, or, you know, one of the last, so I can cover up the anonymity. Nice. I still to this day get um, updates on her. At, at, like even the other day at the gym, I'm a great workout elliptical i got my devil music on yeah uh, you know i'm watching poison videos feeling good uh I, I mean i'm it's my drug i've never done a drug or drink so yeah. working out's my drug yeah and uh text comes up oh hey earl i'm with your ex and her new boyfriend and i'm like well who the fuck would send you that they didn't mean it and you know because they were on the road together and it was like you know it's just like okay i get it uh, but like you couldn't have thought that that was a good message to send to me 
so then I'm th- then I start thinking about her and getting yeah, bummed out. Of course, and, you know it'd be like if I was with your. I'm assuming your ex-wife wasn't a comic. No, uh, my ex-wife was so. I mean, but he, not to bring her up, but like. No, 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 no. I mean, no, but there was no romance. I'm actually saying that's a bad. But, but my, if you were like with my ex-girlfriend on a comedy show, yeah. Oh. The last thing I would do is call, text you, "Hey, Jamie, man." I hope you we watched the Verdum fight and uh hey I'm with your ex and she's she's with this boyfriend she's yeah. cool dude all I've done my ex today my ex who ended the relationship uh stole like two thousand dollars from me at the end of the relationship uh wrote me today and I literally and still it's been like six months and I was like, all right, just make this professional, make it about the money. And I was like, you can, you can PayPal me this. Uh, thank you for, uh, 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 ending this amicably. And then at the very end, I was like, just so you know, I miss you and I'll always love you send. And I was like, what the fuck? I didn't even mean to say that, but it has essentially been my full-time job to avoid any sort of social media. Cause I don't want to know if she has a boyfriend. I bet she does. She's gorgeous and great. And I, I, I and truly I hope she is happy, but I, I have avoided that with all of my heart. Uh, that if somebody called me and was like, Hey, just so you know, I would be like, why, why man, why would you tell me that? Well, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, so, uh, it's, you know, in, in going back more to Rose Bell than her, uh, you know, it's like, I'm sure tomorrow I'll get uh, to, hey, man, why weren't you at Roast Battle? It's like, dude, I haven't been on the show in a year. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, so it's just like, uh, I mean, if I didn't have this podcast, I would not be, I would delete everything. I would have no Twitter, no Instagram, yeah, no uh, Facebook. I mean, it's great. Like, my goal is to get successful enough where I don't have to have that. But you have to, like, when it's you're awful. at our I level. It, I know. And I mean... Uh, Even trying to get sponsors, like, I, I'm finally, like, started reaching out to try to get sponsors for the show. And, like, they're like, how many Twitter followers? Yeah. You? Oh, that's another thing, man. I mean, going back to, like, why certain people are booked and why... I mean, you saw what happened at New Faces. I don't know anything about that guy, and, and he's gotten so much shit that I'm like, he doesn't need more of it. Um, but, like, I think for a lot of these shows, it's like, who has the followings? Instead of, by the way, what it should be... Be, which is let's find good talent showcase them get them big followings while like elevating the art form it's no 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 who already who has a big instagram following who's big on snapchat and then we put them on tv instead of like the fucking like hardened solid comics you know i mean i think it's because they're lazy like uh, that I, me too i've i had a I don't want to say what agency, but it was one of the three-lettered ones. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, so that limits uh, your guessing. Um, and he was like, "Dude, uh, you know, I love you, but you only have sixty-five hundred followers on Instagram. Like, you're, yeah. if I could sign you. His exact words were, "I could sign you today. You'd be the funniest guy on our roster." Jeez. His words, not mine. Jesus. Uh, I, you know, and but I like I, if I take you upstairs to my boss. They're going to ask me what's his social media presence. And like, you, I, it would have taken all of my willpower not to be like, then you should quit your job. But I, what can you do? I know, uh, you know, but it's like, there needs to be somebody then like right. in his position. who's like, cool. I'm going to quit. I'm going to make my own fucking agency. It's going to have the funniest comics in the world. And then we will build their following. I mean, th- another thing with comedy though, is like, you look at like, Marin Burr, Rogan, all those guys like 
comics are really at, at least the the white dudes are peaking around 50 <clears throat> I'll, uh, I'll be 50 in september that's what i'm saying man but that's but like also- with the podcast like but that's what i'm saying like it's 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 interesting and and none of them have really done it the the regular route i mean you remember when we were coming up it was like you did you started featuring you did a premium blend yeah. then you did a late night show then you did a comedy central half hour then you like headlined improvs then you kind of disappeared whereas now i feel like it takes longer for the really good comics to make it but once they make it they're fucking infamous well, like think, Rogan's never not going to have a career. Bert's never not going to have a career, you know? Well, I think with like Rogan and Bert, they, they had the, the chops to yeah. like once Joe's pod and Joe was famous before his podcast, but, but like, not like this, but like he's got the chops to play a theater tomorrow night right. uh, of 20 years of stand up or more. Yeah. 25 Bert, same thing. Bill Burr, same thing. Marin, you know, same thing. Uh, I think a lot of these, the younger people, you know, they'll do like a roast battle and they'll get a little bit of fame from it. Like, oh, we can bring him or her in as season one, two, three of roast battle. And they don't have 10 minutes. I know. And then they're fucked. Yeah, man. Let alone if they're like uh, an internet celebrity, if it's like a YouTuber or Instagram person uh, or a... Who was it? I remember last couple of times I did roast battle in terms of my, the heckler thing I was doing, there was a YouTube star who was a judge and like, she was a nice person, sure. like, but so, Oh, I bet I know who she is. I met her at the store. Blonde. I, I forget. I really do forget her. Yeah. Name. yeah. Has Very, like a mil- so many followers. Ver- I mean like an obscene, like five, six million. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Gorgeous. Uh, yeah. Really cool. Uh, but, you know, she's on a panel, I think, with, like, Eddie Ift and Kirk Fox. And, These guys um, are just murderers. You know, uh, I think Hinchcliffe was up there. And I think Hannibal might have been up Jesus there. Christ. And Jeff Ross. And then, you know, uh, I'm not putting myself on that level. But I'm across yeah, you know, yeah. doing my bullshit. And she 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 didn't even know she had to vote. Like she right. was a judge. And, like, Moses kept going, well, who do you like? And she was like, oh, I think they're both great. And that was, and, and just over and over. It's like, no, you have to pick like one. Like her beauty pageant answers. Yeah, yeah. And then it was like, it finally, you know, it took her 10 minutes to finally go, oh, I guess I like that one. We're like, well, don't vote for them. <laughs> like, oh, no. And, you know, it was the same thing uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there was an Instagram model up there, and Chappelle was up there, and she oh. took the mic from Chappelle. Oh. Like, would you, how the audience react to that? Well, I think they would have reacted. Uh, okay to it if she said something funny right but she tried to get a chant about jeff ross and i forget what it was but it was like she was trying to get the whole crowd to be like ross is the boss ross and and like Chappelle had a good vibe going and she like it was just not good but she would get uh an opportunity before you or i yeah and there's also like now like i mean my old even the people like I used to follow on Twitter, like there are a lot of people who just start posting like, you know, really good Twitter, Twitter, Bert and I were talking about this on this podcast. I'm just not good at Twitter jokes. And, but there are a lot of like people who will blow up on Twitter just by like really angry political stuff or really. And then they go to do, God, every time I hear Joe mention alt comics who bombed at the store, I've never wanted to be like names. Um, but like some of them like will be in the alt scene. That's like, yeah, they can't do more than eight minutes. And if there's any sort of adversity, if they're not playing for a room full of like progressive hipsters, they're fucked. Well, I saw that a lot with all comics and roast battle. 
like you know you know when roast battle first started it was um probably anti uh alt yeah. you know at least with the alt comics they're like oh that's selling out doing hacky you look like you know louis anderson fucked uh larry the cable guy yeah, yeah but then once the show started getting on television and comedy central was around <laughs> yeah, yeah now hey, you no, see, no, i really like your, yeah, your larry the cable guy joke <laughs> hey jamie you want a battle yeah uh so you know i i find you know people lose their moral high ground if they can get on tv with it well i mean the opposite thing you brought up midnight but it's like do you think if midnight was still on the air hardwick would have gotten that immediate backlash it's like it was so easy for people the second it came out before he even said his story for people just to be just disown him i mean i you know i I mean in that case it's like he saved emails and shit so Uh, I never did that. I'm like, does everyone save their fucking text messages? I was like, my ex-wife was, oh no, no, my ex-girlfriend was like, it's so shady you delete text messages. I'm like, I just don't like clutter. And like my text, I was like, I don't save text for, you know, when people are going to like attack me 10 years later. But uh, it was- Now you have to. Dude, I, well, now I do. Anyone I date, uh, I 100% do. Um because now the guys never believed. Rarely is the guy's side ever, uh, you know, believe. I mean, I had a case a couple of years ago where I was in between girlfriends and, uh, you know, comedy store, um, I don't want to say groupie, but uh, a comedy store voyeur. We started sure. just having uh, uh, booty calls, uh, a, a series of one night stands, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Friends with benefits, I guess. Great. And I was very honest with her. I was like, it's never going to be anything more. Uh, if, if you start doing this with other guys, just let me know. You, you know, and if I start doing this with other girls, I'll always let you know. Uh, but she started to develop feelings. Yeah. And uh, she sent me a series of nasty messages. I'm going to expose you. I'm going to say you did this. Happened to me. And, uh, you know, like, every, I mean, I, if I've done anything right in 20 years, everyone loves me. <laughs> Like even the people who don't think I'm funny, I think are like, "Hey, Earl's here." Yeah, uh, right, right, right. We don't want to see him go up, but like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 he's here. But like, keep him here for the good vibes. Yeah, I mean, you know, he'll, you know, I, I mean, if I'm proudest of anything, it's that. Yeah, even I, the guy who I hate. That's a big deal, man. I mean, in this business, it is to do it for twenty deal. years. Yeah, especially that also means you that you 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 have become the a Rick Overton type. Yeah, like that's awesome. Uh, but um. You know, if, if that girl and she later, I think, uh, probably said, okay, no one's going to believe Earl did this. Yeah. Uh, but if she would have thrown that out there, you know, all it would take is one girl calling the comedy store or whoever, wherever, and going, yeah, if uh, you book Earl, uh, I'm, we're going to protest. Oh, buddy, I got. See ya. I didn't even. And, and, and the girl who did this to me during the relationship said one day when I tried to break up with her, one day I'm going to write a book about this. And I was just like, man, eh, it's fine. Um, and you know, I said, I kind of said this on Joe's show where I spent years in the feminist world, hashtag believe all women. Uh, if a guy, said like no she's lying she's just a crazy jealous ex i'm like you're just like saying women are crazy because you're sexist and you're gaslighting and suddenly this shit happens to me and you're like she's a jealous ex and you're saying the you you're trying not to say the cliche things that you've criticized other guys for saying um but like i didn't even get a i mean even the word accused is so 
it was a, 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 a consensual relationship that didn't go the way uh, it was supposed to, you know, uh, it ended, I, I, I broke it off. Um, and uh, uh, that my wife and I tried to have like an open relationship to like fix our issues. And that was a fucking nightmare because it was, it was like a don't ask, don't tell open relationship. So you know, you're still kind of like lurking in the shadows. Like I couldn't sleep with anyone in New York. So it could like only be on the road. And so I'd be like, all right, I guess I only have like two nights to like try to have sex. And it was just off. And then like, if someone was like, do you have a girlfriend? You have to be like, I'm in a secret open relationship, which like, that sounds like a fucking lie. It was just awful. And so finally I told my ex, I was like, we have to, my ex-wife, I go, we have to say something on the show that we're in an open relationship. Cause this is terrible. I feel like such a creep. And so we did. And the second we did, this girl came out of the fucking woodwork. This one that I had this like affair with and like wrote on some podcast wall, like who has been wronged by Jamie Kilstein and out of the like hundreds of girls I've slept with, she found one girl that was like, he tried to flirt with me on Twitter no dick pic, nothing like that. And then this other girl, um, there were guys, there was a, there was an article written. There was a Jezebel article. Um, this other girl, this is so crazy. was like, there's so much in that article. That's a lie. But even if everything was true, it's still literally nothing. This other girl was like, uh, we had a date when he was in town and same deal. Like knew I was in an open relationship, uh, like knew it couldn't be a thing. Uh, and she goes, Norton like went off on this when I told him like, uh, on the show, she was like, he charmed me into going back to his hotel room, which is like such a, a weird thing to say. If you were claiming that you have like, uh, you know, that you were a capable woman and that you should be treated equal. Like charming isn't, that's what everyone tries to do on dates. Right. Um, and so, and then in this article that ruined my career um, and almost my life, she goes, it was the safest I ever felt with a man. Like said this in the article or like it was the first time I trusted a man or something like that. And then weeks later, uh, and then the article she goes, but weeks later he called me a road fuck on his podcast. And that was it, man. That was my me too. Um and one, I didn't call her road. Jezebel had to write in parentheses, Jezebel could not find the quote. It's like, right, because I'm not talking about like smashing road pussy on a feminist podcast with my wife. Right. Um, but even if I did say that, that's not emotional abuse. That's not predatory. That's not certainly not rape or assault or uh, uh, fucking a drunk. Girl. Like it's nothing. It was, I did everything right. I treated her. We didn't even sleep together. The article made it sound like we fucked. We didn't even fuck. Um, but that story comes out said jaded comic, uh, sad comic goes on this fucking tirade um, because he's always wanted to be in the feminist cool club and like never really was accepted. And I'm an easy target with no power uh, came back after me after I went on Rogan's the day everyone was disassociating themselves from Louie. He didn't do it from Louie because Louie's going to come back and Louie's going to have power. So how can he look cool to the woke crowd? He can go right. after me who's like fucking suicidal and now has lost literally all of his money and ability to work. Um, but what's the, the, what's so crazy is when you were like, if that girl wrote that letter, you know, all she had to do was that. I'm like, dude, these people didn't even say 
they didn't even like make up like he raped me or he groped me or he cornered me or anything like that. It was literally consensual relationships, but because my audience was sort of this ultra feminist, whatever, and that's a sexy headline, male feminist, like, you know, uh, is being accused of whatever pre mm. predatory behavior. And like, dude, if, if, if fucking someone at your show is predatory, like every comic is, Oh my God. Fucked. That's why we do comedy. Also like, that's our job. Like if you meet someone at your job, it's, it's, it, it's also complicated and, and, and insane, but like that, that was all that needed to happen. And like, it was done for me. And now people's thirst for, and it sucks, man. It really even su it especially sucks for the women who have legitimate, like Lee, like been raped or been assaulted or had stalkers or stuff like that. Because now it's like, if anyone who's just pissed at an ex is going to come out or hold this over their head, it's like, people are going to start to, uh, you can already see this backlash against me too. You know, and me too has done a lot of really important stuff too. So I don't know. It's just like, you don't, uh, it's over. It's not overkill if it's happening. Correct. Uh, but like, you know, not to make this a political. No, that always happens with me. I'm but no, no. But like, if you watch CNN and MSNBC, it's like 24 hours. Trump sucks. Trump sucks. Trump sucks. On the flip side, Fox News is Trump's great. Trump's, Trump's great. Yep. So, you know, like you, at least with me, I lose the message. Like me too. Cause I love watching MSNBC the most Yeah, because they have such a hatred toward Trump that, uh, I mean, you could, you could feel it. Oh, they're like sweating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Like there was one UFC fight. I forget. I think it was in Vancouver. Fuck. I forget who it was. I think it was Chael Sonnen against Nate Marquardt. Oh, okay. I don't know why I remember that, but you could, yeah, what a bizarre match. I remember it. They hated each other yeah. and you could feel it watching in the stands. You could literally feel yep. that every punch was like, fuck you, Nate. And every takedown was, I'm going to break your fucking ankle. And like, that's how it is watching MSNBC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, they make a lot of good points. Yeah. Like about, you know, Trump's, you know, wackiness, but you almost, you don't hear it. Cause it's just like, there's no break in the record. No. And if you don't hear it, you know, who definitely doesn't hear it? Moderate conservatives. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the same thing with Hannity. Like you watch Hannity and, uh, you know, it's like Trump is the best, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and he might be uh, pretty good in this area. But or both of you have lost all your credibility because if Trump does something good, MSNBC is not going to talk about it. And if Trump does something bad, Fox isn't going to talk about it. So all you're going to do is attract people who already agree with you. Right. It's the same thing with me, too. It's like, you know, I, if Hardwick was probably a uh, victim. I mean, that story's still kind of evolving because I know she just... He got reinstated on AMC. I saw that. And then she uh, had some, I, I didn't read it, but she, she. It was essentially just like I did. I just want to stop. She's like, I did what I. It's a little late now. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> I haven't talked about this on a podcast, but I had a, my, I probably shouldn't. Well, whatever. Uh, my first pitch meeting since like coming back and, you know, like signing with an agent. And I have this like this animated I was pitching. And the pitch meeting went fucking great. And I was like, oh my God, like maybe I'll actually be able to like come back and like make a living with comedy again. And uh, I call my agent. He's like, how'd it go? I'm like, could to go on better. And uh, wake up the next morning. Someone messages me, like go on Twitter. And it was the day the Chris Hardwick thing happened. My pitch meeting was at his company. And oh. the next day he got me too. Couldn't even be mad about it. I was like, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds like my life. Of course that would happen. Of course that would happen. But it was... 
to see, because it's one thing to just be quiet on Twitter, be like, that's her side. I'll wait for his side. Even when his side comes out, do I need to say anything? No. But man, the second it was tweeting or the second it was trending, all of these verified accounts, all these comedians, immediately, I knew it. Fuck this guy. Uh, Fire him. Black, like literally people saying blacklist him. And it's just like, when I was doing that kind of shit, when I was just trying to like go after the writer who said the offensive thing, I can tell you that I did it because I was fucking depressed and I hated my life. So you open your computer and you see who fucked up a little more than you did that day and you try to take him down so you can feel better about yourself. And I think like that's what's happening in this culture now. People just want to take down others instead of like looking at their own bullshit. Uh, and it's getting, I mean, like look at all the, people who celebrated Roseanne getting fired immediately freaking out about James Gunn where it's like, well, it was kind of the same thing guys. I mean, I like, thought his jokes were pretty funny. I didn't even read the jokes. I really. mean, they were pretty, you know, but, but it goes back to the, I, I think you could say anything as long as the joke's funny. Right. This were, uh, to me, they were funny, but like the Roseanne thing was like, you just can't, you can't right, but we're right. You can't say a black person looks like an ape. Like <laughs> you, just, you just, there's, you can't, there's no metaphor there. Even if it's, quote unquote funny it just can't it's not right. gonna fly but what the the point I, i'm not saying one was worse than the other i'm saying that when your only goal is to take down people who say stuff that sometimes like does deserve to be like called out uh it's eventually gonna come for you or oh, or, yeah. or your team and like my whole thing is like maybe we should all just be trying to like make shit or make better stuff instead of spending all of our time is trying to take down people. Cause this goes to your roast battle shit, right? Where it's like, Hey, why don't you just get better? Like if I, whenever I'm fighting, whenever I'm training and sparring, I am calling out the biggest guys. I'm calling out the black belt. Oh, there's a UFC fighter here. Great. I'm going with him. And that could mean I'm going to get the shit kicked out of me. But like, those are the times that make me better. Right. And I know there are certain people I know dodge me be for that reason. Um, and the people who get great at fighting are the ones who, I mean, man, everybody's jujitsu stories. They're not sexy. Like you ask BJ Penn, why'd you start jujitsu? He's not like, well, I, I saved this person from a mugger. He's like, I went into jujitsu. I was a street fighting Hawaiian kid. Uh, they part me, partnered me with a 16 year old girl. I was like, all right, she beat the shit out of me. And I came back the next day and was like, I want to learn that. And I feel like it could be the same with comedy. If you go up, if you have to follow Joey Diaz, oh. you're going to get either better or you're going to, you're going to have to go back to the lab and figure some shit out. But if instead of like trying it even if it doesn't go well you go i gotta get joey diaz fired from the store you know what i mean then it's just like oh well you're not good like we should all just be trying to get better instead of just like getting rid of people we're we're scared of or we're threatened by or we disagree with and i think that's just kind of becoming the norm oh yeah i mean i one of my friends at the store had a you know a me too situation and uh you know he said she said yeah you know and uh, she threw it out there that uh, this person was the reason she quit comedy. Now, I don't know if what happened, ha what she said happened, happened or not, but I'm like, I used to do shows with this girl. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the other party was not the reason she quit comedy. 
Like she never got a laugh. Right. Uh, and I'm not making it like, no, I know, I know. I know like if not. something did happen, I, like, uh, she has every right to like, but like that, that was like a red flag for me. Like, come on now. Well, yeah, dude. And not to get like, not just political, but like kind of like conservative sounding where it's like when I was in the super progressive bubble and I heard the word like victim mentality, I pretty much only associated that with like old racist people, you know, telling a dead Trayvon Martin to pull himself up by his bootstraps. Right. Like, but listening to like, we were talking about like people like Jocko or like really like tough, like athletes or hanging out with athletes or, um, you know, I, I really like Aubrey Marcus and some other guys that like Rogan brings on or like Jordan Peterson is the most hated person, uh, on the left. And he pretty much just talks about like getting your shit together and taking responsibility and walking around with confidence and like some really good stuff. Um, that, I, I now being removed from it, I really do see how I and how a lot of the left does rely on that victim mentality. And I'm not talking about people who are complaining about like institutional racism or sexism or whatever, but like it seeps into your, your head where it's like, it can't be me that failing that's failing. It's my ex-boyfriend who fucked me or it's my ex-girlfriend who fucked me up. Like again, dude, I could be that guy right now that was like my ex-wife fucking sold me out. You know, like, uh, and now she has this money and this show that I started and all this stuff. And I'm like, um, I can't. And I legitimately, like, I think about her with like love and like, I hope she's okay. Um, and, uh, but, 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 but I, 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 I have those moments. Um, but it's like, you can't man, even if you did get fucked over at every turn, if you're just obsessing over that, and I'm saying this to myself, not to you. No, I, 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 I'm a hundred percent on board with what you're saying. Like, like Jocko said, like, good. Yeah. Like, if something bad happens, good. Your roast battle fucked you over. Good. Good. You're gonna, you can do something else. Yes. Or uh, you're going to come back stronger. Or, uh, my Muay Thai coach said that to me when I, after all this shit happened, I was like, I can't get work. I'm fucking, I used to be rich. I'm living on a couch. Uh, and I just broke up with my girlfriend. Right. And he was like, no, 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 no. You don't fucking phrase it that way. You got out of a toxic relationship because you're healthy and uh, and you're gonna find someone who's actually right for you. Um, you're living on a couch because you're fucking grinding and like this is the story you're gonna tell. Like when you fucking pull yourself up and you make it again. And it's so true. So much of it has to do with just reframing it. And it sounds like such simple pop psychology uh, bullshit, but dude, it's not. Like, oh no, I don't think it is at all. Like, but I think in in comedy since we all know each other so well I know, I know. like there's like I, and i've had people like i'll go back to the girl for a second uh who in their minds are trying to help and going and I, I this actually happened oh, no. this girl comes up to me and goes hey i was talking with uh you know male comic a and uh he said he fucked uh, blah 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 and um her pussy smelled like she was trying to get me to think, you know, she's not upgrading from you, but it was like, and then I couldn't stop thinking of them having sex. Why do your friends keep bringing up this stuff to you? <laughs> but like, I, like, I think they meant well, I know, but like, if I saw your ex-wife with, uh, oh, I don't know, some just fucking slob comic. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say, Hey Jamie, I saw your ex. She's hanging out with fucking this guy. Yeah. I mean, you, you're upgraded. You're fucking, you know, wh whoever. 
I would just be like, cool, cool, cool. I'm gonna go fucking kill myself right now. Because then you, even no matter what your relationship is with this, with the ex, you know, you're still okay. Now she fucked this guy, so I'm gonna think about that for the next two nights. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, I think that's. Uh, Dude, would you ever think about like? I was just thinking about comedy wise, like, just like booking a fucking massive tour. You know what I'm 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 doing. Cause I'm like, it's going to take a while for me. Like I have an agent now, like one of the, like a three letter one, but like, it's, I think it's still going to be hard to book me. Um, and because like people still complain, dude, I fucking someone called flappers. And I'm like, you know, it's an unpaid eight minute spot. Can you not try to get me banned from flappers for having like a kid for dating? But you might be ahead of the game if you're getting banned from flappers. <laughs> but fucking. Uh, what I love about flappers is they send you like a 30 page contract. And, and then the, at the, the end, zero no dollars. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get you're trying to cover your ass. Like if I, me and Jamie get into, we're doing a duo act and we get into a fight and you don't want to be sued. But like, yeah, yeah. you know, how do we split? Yeah, we fight. We're fighting over how to split zero dollars yeah. and. And paying full price for beer <laughs> zero plus zero <laughs> equals zero all right i'm on to you uh but fucking um so i'm booking like a big uk tour by myself like i'll fucking send you those emails and i'm like you know what i just like decided to get a roommate i'm moving like around here um uh this week and i'll have a roommate so i'll have someone to watch my cat um, while I'm gone so I can be gone for like a month or two months if I have to. Um, I literally just looked up people's emails like I did when I was like 25 and like most of them knew me or like you drop roast battle or fucking Jimmy Carr's huge over there. Send that fucking clip. Uh, and like maybe I'll just break even. I don't think I will. I think it looks like I'll like make some decent money. Um, but just like get the fuck out of here for a little while and recharge and remember that you can go and do like a room full of strangers in a weird faraway land. And like, like, I think that would like recharge you. I mean, yeah, I'm going to start hitting the road a little more just cause I finally have TV credits. Right. Like, uh, you know, the adult swim cartoon, which is like, I love being on that. Cause it's, that's like my fucking dream. That's like, that's all I want to pitch to is, Oh them. dude it's is it the best it's i wish everything roast battle should have been for me like because uh, it's tyler the creator's cartoon yeah and i that play dude's a fucking genius oh he's man. the best but like his whole crew like i'm pretty much the only white guy in the cartoon yeah i used to open for uh talib quali and like every time i did it i was just like if i could just hang out with rappers and they're incredibly sweet posse all day i was like you guys don't look like you're like shit talking to each other i know they are and it's just me from the outside being like oh to just be you guys have it figured out but like man they all love each other they smoke oh, pot yeah. and they love each other but like everyone's helping everyone and <sighs> and like uh it, it's like such the opposite energy uh of of roast battle oh, but you know it, it's, it's roast battle got me the cartoon like so it's oh like interesting this, this we in roast battle got me the showtime show right so it's like such a weird like i should hate this show but it, you know without it i wouldn't be on the cartoon that's you know the best senior cartoon character on a billboard like i would freak out it, it's like i'll never forget it because the adult swim billboard is on uh I mean, there's a lot of them, but like the, their main like one they put up first is on Crescent Heights and Sunset. Dude, so, and that's a, like such like classic oh, LA and like. Oh, it's like because uh, I didn't know the show was going to get a billboard, you know, because there, you know, there's a lot of cartoons on the network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I literally 
almost caused an accident because I jammed on the brakes. Oh my god! Uh, and it was like in my because I'm the dad. I'm like right. Like I'm. It's like the best. That's so cool. Uh, but that's what I was talking about. Like, why do you even need to go? Why do you even need to say like it's so complicated? Like, no, it's not. Just don't think about the shitty parts. But pe- like, maybe but- that's why you did roast battle. Was like that. Like, if we're looking at like the universe, where it's like, yeah, I got you this shit. So like, who gives a shit about the other parts of it? Well, because it's like I'll go back to girls for a second. Uh, like, uh, you know, two out of my last three girlfriends uh, essentially quit stand up after we broke up. No, no, they were both very funny. Like, yeah, they yeah, just you know. Oh no, 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 no! I figured that. I, I, I can't. It just see worked out that unfunny. way. Yeah, yeah. You know, one. Uh, was more of an actress anyway sure and she's killing it oh that's great uh yeah i know and we're i'm friends with both oh, that's awesome. uh but like since i didn't have to see them that much and there wasn't uh they weren't in my circle right uh i didn't have to hear who they were dating or fucking <laughs> yeah. and yeah, so it was fucking nightmare friends calling out you. of sight out of mind but with uh one in particular it, it's like i still get weekly updates uh and i'm not exaggerating it's it's been it's, a while it's and so it's, ridiculous it's, i agree with you yeah just move on from the bad parts of roast battle remember the good parts yeah but, but like, but when you're getting those constant reminders, it's, but it's, like, it's much harder. Literally 20 minutes before you came over, <laughs> I uh, and I'm friends with the dude, so this isn't some passive yeah, aggressive yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thing. But like when I first started on Roast Battle, I was the house racist. Yeah. <laughs> and then it became house heckler because I'm sure Comedy Central was like, we got to call it something different. <laughs> uh, and someone just. Isn't said, that more confusing to have the house heckler constantly be racist? <laughs> Well, the funniest thing was, uh, I mean, this was like, even before it was called the house racist, I was called like Mr. Whitey or something. <laughs> yeah. And so they would ha- hang a sign above my table that said whites only. Great. <laughs> oh, it was insane. Uh, oh, that's so funny. But that's back like when the show to me was the best. Cause right. it was just no it, rules. No, no, it was just complete mayhem. Uh, <laughs> and then the next night there was a black show, uh, in the belly room and oh. someone forgot to take oh the whites Oh my God, only. holy shit. So it was just like a whole like, you know, fucking, uh, what's that about? Oh um, my God, Jesus Christ. But uh, I, I completely agree, like move on. But someone sent me 20 minutes before you came by a picture of my buddy Cena, who essentially took over for me as the house hater. house, yeah. And it was on TV. Now, when I was doing that, yeah. I was told by executives, there's not enough time for you to be on TV with that character. Right. Can you battle? So it worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like, well, wait a minute. Right. Now, all of a sudden, there's time. Yeah. And he's great at what he does. But it's just like, I almost called you to cancel. And I said, I can't do it. Whoa. Because it was just like, I, I don't want to be like fucking bitter in front of Jamie because I don't really know him. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I was like, I can't let this be my first impression of like, uh, oh, this is Earl, the guy everyone likes. What a dick. Right, right, right. Uh, but it's like, that's a daily experience, whether it's with the girl or, you know, you know, it's just like. Someone told me this, uh, this thing once, this is the most hippie thing I'll say. Um, and I haven't had to do it for a while, but where. So, like, obviously, like, when you take deep breaths, it, like, resets you, right? Um, and that really helps for me when I start to freak out. Right. But another thing is, like, I don't know a good way to describe it, but 
So like, let's say you get jealous, that jealous, like you get like butterflies in your stomach and like you start to get like tingly or whatever. If you start to take those deep breaths and like almost like feel your body and feel that it is just a feeling, like it's just a literal, just like feeling in your body. It's not who you are. It's just this like emotion and you can almost like pinpoint it when you think about it. You're like, oh, I actually feel this thing. And then you can also see it like go away. Like once you realize like it's not who you are, it's just like this like fleeting right. emotional reaction. Um, you can kind of like, it like takes you out of it just enough to be like, oh yeah, fuck that shit. And then once you can think about it logically, you can be like, wait, I don't even want to be in that relationship. Wait, I got out of that relationship. For Like I think about this with my ex who I reminded her that I'll love her forever today where it's just like, I remember when I signed with, uh, when I signed with my agent, we were broken up for a couple weeks and I was like, I started to get depressed. I was so happy. I never thought I'd have an agent again. And it was literally the day there was like a rainbow across LA and everyone was posting those pictures. And I was driving back from Beverly Hills and saw this fucking rainbow. I was like, this is amazing. And then I was like, oh, I wish I had Diana here. And I started to like start that start to spiral. Like, oh, well, maybe she has a boyfriend or whatever. And then I was like, wait, if I was still with her, the reason I broke up with her is because every time something good would happen to me, she would get so jealous. She'd freak the fuck out. Right. Like it was her idea for me to go back to stand up. And then we started watching stand up one night and she had just like convinced herself. I had fucked Amy Schumer when I lived in New York, which I didn't, I met her once and uh, she like lost her mind. And I was just like, this is a very unhealthy relationship i'm you know and but in that moment i was just like oh if only diana was here and then once i sort of like like breathed out of it i was like it wouldn't even be good if she was like it wouldn't there are reasons you're not in that fucking relationship anymore that you know sometimes we just torture ourselves to like be depressed or to get attention or to procrastinate doing work or to uh there are so many reasons when in reality it's like, if you actually assess it, it's like, Oh, I shouldn't even be fucking upset over that. You know what I mean? Oh, I listen, we're, we're on board on a lot of the same things. I just, uh, in some cases in my life, uh, it's just the constant reminders. Like even, I know. you know, he, I hate to keep going back to roast battle, but it's just like, no, no, no. Yeah, but, it's like your thing right now. Like I get it. But like last week, you know, because they filmed season three last week, I got I had two battlers who are in the show asking me for help, and it's like, wait a minute, I'm not good enough to be on the show, right? But you want my help and how to win your battle, and then right. even on the commercial for because it was right after the Bruce Willis roast, yeah. They I'm in the commercial, and it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> how am I? How are you in the commercial? Not, well, from season one. Oh, okay. They're like, because I was a maniac a, a in season thing. one. I yeah. had total pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rick Rude. That's amazing. Uh, I gotta go watch all that. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Rick Rude. Yeah. Of course, he's dead, but uh, I just loved how he presented himself. It's amazing. Uh, even Rogan, like when he judged my first battle, he's like, you have a fantastic body, man. <laughs> and then, like made my like to see Joe, like be around all these, like Alistair Overy. Yeah. And yeah, 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 fucking, yeah. Uh, you know, Todd Duffy and yep. Sage Northcutt for him. Like for, I'd rather hear that than say, uh, have Joe say, Hey, you're funny. How funny is that? Uh, yeah. Because, so you know, yeah, no, I've started, uh, I mean, dude, I think that, that gym shit, 
I think that's what saved me. I'm so glad you, oh, for you're sure. into it too, where it's like, just like going to jujitsu and like fighting dudes or kickboxing or whatever. And also like th that was the first time I was around people who weren't so self-hating. Like, right. and, and, and Joe again, like not to like ride his nuts, but like the fact that he's made being healthy, cool in comedy is a big fucking deal because when I was coming up in New York, I mean, dude, when I was like, okay, so I spent this year after all that stuff happened, only teaching jujitsu and fighting. I was essentially, I mean, a professional fighter. Like I made my living that way. And the second, and I, I got sober, I was like eating really healthy. And the second I started doing comedy again, I, and, and this is not an exaggeration in my head. I'm like, I guess I got to go back to like being depressed. And I started drinking again and like, took a break from jujitsu for the first time and was like eating shitty and like just getting Taco Bell because I so associated uh, comedy with like being the self-hating guy um, and like, you know, fucking around on the road and like, you know, drunk road stories and stuff like that. Um, where, and especially in New York, I mean, even with the journalists in New York, you would just it's almost like the more miserable you were, the more street cred you had. Right. Like, and those were also the best comics like Louie talking about like what a fuck up he was or Mark or Stan hope and, and stuff like that. Um, but what really saved me was like getting out of that when I was at my lowest and being around athletes who, I mean, if you walk into a room full of like comics in New York and you're like, Hey guys, I'm trying to better myself. They'd be like, gay. Fergus. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of here. Uh, but <laughs> being around athletes where, they're just like, yeah, man, I like journal about the great things I'm going to do. And I read books about like being a better man. And you're just like, oh, you can do that, you know? And then they're, and they're studs. They're just fucking studs on the mat. And like, you know, they're still part of like comics and even comedy me that you're like, but jocks are the guys who like kick the shit out of me. And that's why I started doing comedy. But there's also something about like that confidence and uh, that mentality that I think is really like. Ooh, like it's helped me a lot man well that's what got me into hot yoga like after the yeah yeah you know, i did that after my last breakup i started that yeah i mean uh, i'll i'll leave out who the person was but like I, it was just like once again people reminding me of her on a concert <laughs> oh, no. i mean i wasn't i'm not gonna say i was suicidal but like uh i was just like jesus christ i can't take Rough. this yeah, yeah, yeah. I go to the comedy store hey did you hear about blah 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 yeah hey she's blah 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 and i'm like i i need to go somewhere where i'm not known yeah which is quite a few places <laughs> <laughs> and i where i'm not good at like you talk about like uh rolling with the like, heavy weights yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, like i need to do some i have a torn acl yeah or else i would have gone into jujitsu and mma word yeah i'm yeah, just so every, fucking everyone, scared everyone has fucking weird knee shit and but my, like, my brother like doesn't even have like a meniscus anymore <laughs> i'm so frightened of because it was like 25 grand in surgery and rehab Ugh. and now it's like a bionic knee yeah but like one i know i don't want to be like dominic cruz and go through that two three four times <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a nightmare. but hot yoga was like i love it yeah like man. i'm no one knows who i am I'm the worst one in the class to this day. I'm I'm horrible. Which means like they all kind of like love you in that way. Yeah. Like, aw, he oh, showed the, up again. Yeah. The teachers, like, you know, the two I take the most, uh, this girl, Nicole and Rachel, like they're. Wait, wait, wait. Is it Nicole? Is it Hot 8? Yeah. Is it Nicole? Ugh, I was in love with I her. I mean, I don't want to say her last no, name. No, but I was in love with her. But like. She's like so sweet. She's it's so. Her. It's the same. It's her. 
And then Rachel. It's 100%. What's so funny is when you said hot yoga, I was about to be like, dude, I went for a week and fell in love with my instructor. And then the second you said, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's her. Well, she's a, well, they have different. I like, I mean, they're all great. And then there's a, yeah. another girl uh, named Poop Rock. Okay. Who uh, is that? They're all uh, amazing, yep. different styles. Uh, I guess I've taken uh, Nicole and, and Rachel the most, and Nicole's very uh, soft spoken. You know, she's kind of funny too sometimes. Oh yeah, she's so she's like kind of a weirdo. Like when she gets going, well, she hook. It's like she's high, but she's not. Yes, that's exactly how I felt. And she and and uh, and the, and then uh, sometimes she'll wear a beanie outside of class, and that confirmed that. And that's I grew up like like being in love with like grunge chicks. So right. when I saw her with the beanie, I was just like, Oh God, fucking damn it. Oh, she's like, I, I, she hooked me by saying it was one of the first classes I took and I was, I almost left the first two times. Cause it's, it's so hard, fucking, hard, man. Yeah. It's brutal. If you're not used to it, it's brutal. I'm a uh, fighter. And the only way I got through it was I kept telling myself like, you're a fighter, you're a fighter, you're, you're a fighter. You can't leave. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, they really, they're like, don't leave. I know you're going to feel like leaving, but yeah. they just, and, and she was right. Uh, you know, I, 20 minutes in, I was like, I'm fainting. Like I'm, I could literally feel like yeah. Frank Mir just punched me. I yeah. was just like, don't fall down. Don't fall down. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, okay, don't leave. Don't leave. And she was like, well, we're going to do the uh, frog squat. And if you really want to do it properly, just imagine that your asshole is puckering the ground. Yep. And it was like, oh, wow, that does kind of help. Yep. Uh, and, yeah. And then Rachel's like a little more, uh, aggressive is the wrong word but like she's more like okay we're doing a frog squat uh if you're not uh able to put your ass cheeks to the floor uh you're just not good enough to do it yet god damn rachel but she's amazing yeah, of like, course uh i i and we're friends like we talk outside and it's yeah, just like, yeah. uh but i love being the worst one in the class yeah well just learning a new skill it's liberating to be like and both rachel and nicole were like earl because I think they could sense I'm a little. I would start setting up in the far darkest corner of the oh, room. Yeah, that's the move. And I was like, I'm just guys. I, I'm used to like. Be, this, I hope this doesn't sound the wrong way, but like when I'm doing comedy, I'm. I totally know what you mean. One of the funnier people in the room. Uh, you know, there's plenty of funnier people, but like you know, in my circle, I, I'm respected. Uh, in my hockey league, I've got the hardest shot. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not used to being this shitty at something. Yeah. And they're like, Earl, nobody cares. Yeah. The girl behind you, seeing you not being able to do tree pose for more than five seconds, she doesn't see you. Like, she's in her own fucking yep. zone. And, and the by the way, it, it was like we were talking about with uh, the open micer looking up to you and us looking up to Joe, where it's like everybody's so in their own world that they're just yeah they're just worried about their shit so the person you think is like a stud in there or like you know i'll create enemies if i see a guy and like i like i'm like hey man and he just walks by me i'm like you fucking yoga piece of shit i could beat the shit out of you and then i'm like what am i doing but i'm like that dude's in his maybe this is the only place he goes where he's respected and so he's like he's the star there and he everything has to be perfect and if it's a, an inch off he freaks out like you freak out when you're stumbling all over the place and it's like yeah everyone's got their own shit well, cause in comedy, we're always judged yeah. like, uh, okay. You know, okay. Uh, Jamie's got to follow Joey. Good luck there, Joey. Right. Or, 
right, Jamie. Yeah, yeah. And, and no, no, no. You're you right. Do, good luck, Joey. <laughs> yeah, good luck, Joey. Opening up for Jamie, bitch. Uh, but like, he did every, follow me the other night or a couple weeks ago. He did fine. But like, everything you do is so like, okay, what's Jamie gonna do? Is he, you know, oh fuck, he got on Rogan's podcast and I didn't. Fuck that guy. Let's see him, you know, right. eat it. Uh, or, yeah. You know, or, or whatever. And then, uh, you know, I can't wait to go on after Jamie and show him I'm better. And and oh well, guess what? You're not. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so I, I'm so used to that hypercritical judgment. So to do yoga now, I take, you know, I'll give the gym a plug. They're not paying me. Uh, there's a gym that just, a boxing gym that just opened up by Equinox. Oh, cool. Rumble, I think okay. it's called. And uh, I love it. Yeah, man. I just started taking it just to deal. Like I needed another energy. I needed something else I wasn't good at because yoga almost was relaxing me too much. Boxing and yoga is a really good like yin yang effect. Yes. Where like when I get money again, I'm going to go back to that same yoga place. And like uh, it was really nice. And it actually, it was like right when I was starting to get all into all this like positive thinking shit we've been talking about. And I remember I took Nicole's class and she put on some beautiful song at the end. And she was talking about like, you know, setting an intention and uh, right. all this like hippie shit that again, like we would have been like fakes and it was just so wonderful. And like, you know, visualizing like the, the, the positive stuff in your life and all that shit. And uh, it really, really helped. But then I also got to go two hours later and like beat the shit out of people. Yeah. Um, so that was like a definite, like nice uh, juxtaposition or whatever. Yeah. I love the, uh, I needed a slightly uh, different approach on how to let the rage. Out. Yeah, but it's hard, man. Like right now I'm in this weird spot where when I'm getting on stage consistently, I'm just like, oh, that's fucking right. I'm like really good at comedy. But because right now I'm like building up again, I mean, until I go to the UK, I don't know when I'm going to have like, like I don't have a home club. Right. You know what I mean? I'll do like the ice house twice a month or like flapper. Everything's like twice a month. And so I'm not up on stage every night and being around yoga people or being around jujitsu people, even though comedy is always like my first love and it's always the thing I come back to. And when I'm in it, I love it. Or when I'm writing, I love it. But and I'm hoping it's just cause it's not as consistent as I need it to be. But sometimes I'll be just around all the jujitsu guys and we just beat the shit out of each other. And we're like leaning up against the mat or I'll be watching like countdown on UFC and like see all those fighters hanging out. And I'm like, fuck man, maybe I do just want to like, if someone was like, what's the thing that would make you the happiest right now? I'm, I, like, I don't know. And I don't know if it's just cause I also had so much like, negative shit happened to me in comedy right. but i'm like maybe it's to get the podcast big enough where i can just do the podcast and do jujitsu but like i mean i teach now and I, I i know i wouldn't want to run a gym i still have the comic part of me where i'm like i'm still bad at having a boss i'm still bad at the business shit i'm still bad at like cleaning up and paperwork and stuff like that you know i dropped out of high school to do comedy um so it's not even like I, I would want to leave to teach. I just know like I love training jujitsu and uh, and I like doing creative things, but it, it, it is this, it, it's like when you're removed from comedy as much as I was and you're just around like those positive people we were talking about, it does sort of like shine a light where you're like, what the fuck am I doing? 
Why am I around all these mean people? Why am I out till two in the morning? I don't even like drinking, dude. And I'm just drinking to, I'm literally drinking to fit in. I'm like, I did that when I was 16 years old and I'm 36. Um, well, I think it's tough just because, I, I mean, I, I find once you get to the upper echelon of comics, like they root for each other. Like, you know, I always, see like always best people in the world will do that. Rogan roots for Russell Peters. Yep. Russell Peters roots for, uh, you know, Stan Hope, Stan Hope. Cause again, no ego like, right. or, or there. Yeah. But like when you're at our level of fame, which is like, whatever it is, whatever it's it like, is. Yeah. you know, why is uh, Jamie's podcast doing well? Or why is Earl's podcast doing well? I mean, like I've had very few people say, Hey, congrats on the numbers. Uh, you know, uh, it's did you hack into itunes Jesus. like do you really think if it was that easy Wait. i would one do it and one do it to be number 19 have people the, really said that oh 100 like i would say i've probably you know in the last five months it's been in the top 20 uh i'd probably say 100 people have come up to me maybe not 10 have said hey congrats man we know you've you know yeah done it forever and i would have by the way i just don't look at the charts because i'd get depressed <laughs> oh but i mean like it's uh, you know that's so bizarre but like i would say literally the 90 out of the 100 have been like what you do who'd you pay off <laughs> you know it's like do you think if i who'd you pay off by the way i saw uh, your ex-girlfriend uh, with her new boyfriend yeah, yeah, uh, at roast battle bye <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm surprised I haven't gotten a combo uh, like that. Um, I mean, I'm at the point where I root for the misfits now. We're like, fuck, man, I'm going to be rooting for you harder than, like, because you have to. And by the way, like, when you are not spending your time just shitting all over other people, you're spending that time getting better. Like, all these people were like, how do you make it? It's like, Get off fucking Twitter and go write jokes and go do shows and like be happy for people. And when you're happy for people, you're going to be happier. And when you're happier, you're going to accomplish more. And when you accomplish more, you're going to get the shit you want. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a big enough comedy world where there's enough for both of us. I want your yeah. podcast to do what well. now that I've known you for the last two and a half, like this. Oh like, my God, dude. I want you to like, yeah, I've like, been a deep conversation. I mean, this has been deep for me, but I don't yeah, know. No, Probably not with you. No, me too. But like, uh, I, I mean, I guess in a sense we're in competition in the podcast world, but like, there's we're enough not. people. Like, I, I don't, you know. People also, think, you fucking idiots! Look at the people who are the most popular. They're the ones who did do crossovers. If Bert and Rogan didn't do each other's shows because they were competition, you know what I mean? Like, when you actually worked, ah, uh, comedy is so fucking hard. Oh, it's brutal that you're going to fight with each other on top of everything you have to, on top of trying to get on TV, on top of trying to get fucking audiences of strangers to laugh on top of trying to write new material, thought provoking material. You're also going to shit on the only people that you can commiserate with that you can bond with. It's fucking retarded. It's so fucking dumb when all we should be doing is like, Oh my, like when I see a guy with a jujitsu shirt, we're friends. I've seen people who I have ch choked almost unconscious in competition. I don't know their name. We look at each other. We realize who we are and we give each other hugs. Like we're fucking war veterans. Um, <laughs> it should be the same with comics, man. Yeah. All I want to do now 
And, and look, I went astray and I walked away from comedy. And like now I think even more so I'm so appreciative of comics and that I'm like, if I see a comic, I want to hear about his shitty shows. I want to hear about his good shows. I want to, uh, uh, talk like, man, if you're instead of shitting on someone's podcast, why don't you just ask them fucking questions? Why don't you be like, dude, that's really great. Like, yeah. How did you like, do you have advice? Or do you like, or, 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 or just be fucking happy for them and be like, oh, I hope I get that one day. That's not passive aggressive. Like that's okay to think. Well, it's, it's super easy. Like, you know, it's just, at least with me, I don't know what, I mean, Joe probably and Marin are, are probably the ultimate to say like, yeah. Cause I mean, I know Marin's first manager was like, don't do the podcast. You'll make no money in it. No way. Yeah. I read it in his book. Well, uh, my, uh, my first manager also, uh, when I was with, uh, CAA, we were doing our like live podcasts at a uh, UCB. <laughs> we were doing our live. Po- oh my God. I remember this. And it was crazy. It was, we had Regina Spector was going to come sing. She was like a special, like surprise announcement. And this was like, she was like peak popular. And then Sarah Silverman and the journalist, Matt Taibbi were on panel together. Uh, and it was one of the best nights of my life. And I can still say that even though it was with like my ex-wife, like we were just like holding hands, watching Regina sing, knowing Matt and Sarah were backstage. Like it was, it shouldn't have worked out. And it did. And my manager, this was before podcasts were big or my agent was like, we have an audition for you. And I was like, I have to set up for this show. Cause we would write our monologue like that day. Cause it was political. It was topical. And she's like, it's a podcast. This is for a movie. Like, trust me, you're made for it. Right. And I was like, all right, well, I guess send me the sides or whatever. And I, I don't even act. And she sent me the sides and it was one line in men in black three. And the line that was made for me. And I was probably like 27 then uh, it was angry old man in elevator. And I called my agent back and I was like, dude, I, this is not going to make my career. This show is huge. It, like I'm, I was just meeting Sarah. Matt was like blowing up for rolling stone. And, uh, and she goes, and, and I go, and I don't even want to act. I want to do comedy. And she goes, but people will see you in Men in Black 3, and then they will come to your stand-up shows. And I'm like, nobody's going to go to Men in Black 3 and be like, I wonder if angry old man in elevator has thoughts on like the military industrial complex. Right. Like it was insane. But yeah, totally didn't fucking get it because also they're not getting a cut of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I can't tell you how many times I heard uh and I almost still hear it. Like, there's no money in stand-up. Like, Oof. it's like, well, I don't know what planet you live on, but, like, why don't you help get me on a show or two or whatever? And then and we then can, I will show you. stand-up, trust me. Yeah, uh, right. You know, but I think they're just lazy. Like, the people I've dealt with, even recently, you know, it was like, well, call us when you get something. It's me like, too. Well, why don't you call? I have an agent, and, like, fucking hard to get on the phone. You know, well, he's a good dude. I get it. I mean, I don't, uh, they just don't want to develop people. They want you to come in, oh, Earl's on a cartoon now. Let's help him. Well, why didn't you help me before I was on it? Right. You, you know. But, and by help, it's like take the cut of the thing you got yourself. Oh, yeah. I had someone try and cut in on the Showtime money. I'm like, but you didn't help me get it. No. Like, why would I give my, Why would I give you the money? Right. And it was just the so whole I can time. tell you to stop doing your podcast. Oh, yeah. I mean, also- well, I'm sure if I ever start making money on this thing, yeah, uh, you know, some agency, uh, 
I just know how this world works. Hey, we love you. We'd love to sign you, but uh, we now get 10% of your podcast. Right. Like, Why would I give you that? Dude, I said, I, I, when I signed with, uh, I was with Levity for a little while at like kind of the peak of Citizen Radio, my old show, but uh, but I wasn't getting much stand up. And they were like, uh, they wanted a cut of that. And I was just like, I started that show when I was homeless and living out of my car. And I built it by myself with my fucking wife. I was like, the fuck are you getting any of that money? And at that time I needed a manager. I needed like, and I was just like, it, no. Like, I it was like, if you get me that, if you get me this special, if you get me these four things that will, you know, noticeably raise the numbers and stuff, then you can get a cut of what we start making that since I signed with you. Oh, sure. Oh, I'm down with that. Yeah. But I was like, I went through so much bullshit and then, you know, they didn't do it. And then they fucking fired me. And it was like, like, God, thank God I didn't give you that money. Oh, yeah. Because I knew that would happen. And like, sometimes like what's cool about the podcast is it gives edgy comics like sort of like Antonic, uh, that's not the right word, but like freedom. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, by the way, if you're cracking the charts like you are, you should absolutely be. Like, I feel like you could probably make a bunch of money with ads. Well, you, I mean, the weirdest it. thing is I'm getting a lot. I get daily emails on um, people who it's like, let us build you an app to drive people to your podcast. And I, and I don't mean this in a cocky way, but it's like, okay, well, I'm number 12. Right. I don't really, I'm not saying I don't need more people. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. A lot of the app like, stuff's weird, but I'm, but I'm saying like sponsors, like no, I mean, with that many people, you could get good money. Like, dude, I just wrote butcher box today. Cause I'm so broke. I was like, I just need food. I was like, you don't have to give me money. Just fucking send me like send me fucking meat uh, so I can eat. And I'll, I'll, I'll get my old vegan audience to like not protest you guys. I don't care. Um, but you should be actually with those numbers, you should be making like good money i mean uh, i mean i did get some pretty sweet hockey gloves from uh, yeah. pro stock hockey <laughs> me and you are such idiots i'm like only reaching out to like people for like just to get like free swag i want i'm like instead of like learning how to actually make money <laughs> but i yeah no you i mean i got a pair of ryan malone a custom-made new york ranger gloves and you would have thought i won the lottery dude i got like a bunch of like jujitsu gear from like uh a guy who's technically my friend. And I was like, I'll shout, I'll shout you out on the show. Yeah. I mean, um, well now I'm starting to go, okay, how can I make money on this? Cause, if, Cause I would put the money back into the podcast. That's like, yeah. If you were ads, dude, if you were in the top, you should, I mean, I'm in the top 20 consistently. That's insane. That's uh, like legitimately so good. Um, where you should absolutely be making a couple grand. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty like a hundred percent, you know, I'm not expecting to make, and it that has helped. I mean, even Joe said the other night, uh, hey, you're doing great, man. The podcast is yeah. like doing well. And I'm like, oh, thanks, man. And then you I should just, fucking talk to like those guys, like producers and figure out how they get ads or just ask them. Because, I sent a uh, a message to Midroll, I guess, yeah. is it? Uh, they're like, uh, oh, there's like that company that does like. Th it's them. And they didn't really get back to me. But like, yeah, uh, I always feel so dumb sending those messages. That's why I'm like. I always, I also think whenever I send business emails, I'm too casual about it. And I just, that's when a fucking agent would be like, Hey, those fucking people be like, get me sponsors. And then I will give you a cut of that. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and you know, I know you got to get going. I mean, I could talk to you for another hour, Me too, man. but there's this weird, this shows you how amateur I am. There's a weird point on this recorder at about, we're at uh, two hours, 
a little over two hours. It's switched over to another sound file. Oh, boy. I mean, everything's recorded. Yeah. But it's like weird to try and piecemeal it together. No, 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 no. We can definitely call it. Uh, I, I actually do want to air this on mine, too. Oh, please. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, let's duel. D- yeah, I mean, I did that with Eddie Eft, where yeah. we did like a duel. Uh, That'd be great. Bingle bus. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, no. You, the, those stories are good. And like, these are all things I've been thinking about a lot recently. I didn't even get into the gangbang stories, but that's, oh my God, your yeah. audience would love those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, next time we'll do it. But like... Uh, uh, I, my only... The only times I've had, I don't even think I can count them as threesomes because I wasn't bold enough to conduct. I was just so happy to be there that it essentially just turned into like sex with two separate people disjointedly. I've never had a threesome. Well, I mean, I've been in two gangbangs, but like, (laughs) so I guess that is a threesome, but like of sorts, (laughs) Uh, but uh, that. That's another story. But yeah, getting fair back enough. To, well, we uh, can save it. <laughs> managers and agents are good, not to arrange gangbangs. <laughs> What's funny, most of these guys were agents and managers, but uh, someone told me the other day the perfect reason you want a manager is you need someone to be the bad guy. Yes. I am very bad at that. I mean, I you know, when you're in our position, you know, like it, all roads lead back to roast battle for me. I was not in a position to tell Comedy Central or Jeff or Moses, hey, I don't want to battle Jimmy Carr. Why am I battling him? Why isn't Mike Lawrence battling him? You know, he's Mr. Roaster. Uh, And I think I was the only one with no representation. So I'm sure the thinking was, well, let's throw him up against this guy. Right. This guy. This guy. And if he beats him, it's a great story. If not, we're not burning a bridge. Right. Whereas a manager would be like, hey, uh, we see Earl's up against Jesse Joyce in the in the first round, and he's like their number one guy, their number one roast writer. Uh, can we put Earl up against Sarah Tiana? Because Tiana's a killer, but like at least they're fr- like they're friends, right? Like, I like I was the only one to battle someone I didn't know. I was I, like, why am I getting this? Yeah, battle? that's weird. Why didn't I get Tiana? And Tiana could, and Tiana did beat me, uh, but like. You know why didn't like I, I don't know so that's the only reason I would want a manager is- or 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 like I've always wanted someone just to like help with narratives too where it's like then when you did beat all those people help shape uh, shape the narrative and be like all right let's hype them now yeah let's like, have them as like you you're like the legend killer on season two right oh completely like a manager uh, you know uh, one but maybe some- or maybe they're just fucking lazy and I mean like I, I I'm still like it's hard to find someone who's like a create creative and, and and ballsy as a manager too I mean maybe they wouldn't have and they would have just taken your money and the exact same shit would have happened and they're like ah we tried there's nothing we could do did but- you I mean, you know, I would have thought they would after my season, season one in Montreal, where I was, I was Randy Orton. I was yeah. the legend killer. The Bruce, uh, no, the Rob Lowe roast was in September. Yeah. So Montreal was in July. Rob Lowe roast is in September. You had me be on the dais and everyone, because Jimmy Carr was also on the dais. Yeah. And I think a good manager would have said, put him up first. If he does well, leave it in. If not. There's no loss. Yeah. Right, Put him right. in the Geraldo spot. Yeah. Get the room going. But if it's good, we'll keep it. Cool. But, you know, didn't work out that way. Yeah. 
Jamie, where can people find you on the uh, internet? All right. So the thing I'm really trying to build up is the podcast. Uh, so that's the Jamie Hillstein podcast uh, on iTunes and Stitcher. And then uh, I did start a Patreon as well. Patreon.com slash Jamie Hillstein podcast. But you're going to want to hear it for free first. Um, and then Twitter. I'm at Jamie Hillstein. Instagram. Uh, Jamie Hillstein podcast. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I still have one of those Facebook fan pages, too. Uh, it's just Jamie Hillstein fan page, I think, on Facebook. Dude, this was amazing. This was awesome. This was great. This yeah. is going to be the first of many pods and hangs. Yeah. I let's mean, go on it's the just... fucking road. <laughs> Can we just go on the road together and not try to dick each other over? But yeah, but that's, we'll leave it with this. Someone recently said, what do you want to do then? Like, uh, I'm having so much fun with the cartoon. I love, I would love to just not, not just do that, but that's, yeah. but I want to do comedy with my friends. I know. That's like, all. If you said to me, Earl, I got us a gig. Next Wednesday, uh, Madhouse in San Diego. It's you, me, and Jason Galern. Yeah. I'd be like, that's comedy. Yeah. Make I mean, that make should a be, couple bucks. Yeah, dude, that should be the goal for everyone. If the goal is just make dope shit with dope people, you know? Yeah, I mean, I just want to work with my friends. Yeah, yeah, me too. All right, inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes. This uh, is a double. I'm not sure the logistics of how we're going to do this. Oh, yeah. Well, tell everyone, tell all my people where, exactly where to find you. Um, it, uh, real easy Twitter and Instagram. It's at Earl Skakel, E A R L S K A K E L. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you like cartoons, I'm on the jellies on adult swim, okay. uh, which, uh, I'm not allowed to talk about right now, but I'll just say this, make sure your adult swim subscription is up and running um and then uh, i'm dying up here on showtime yes it's, uh, so good i'm a very small part of it but i am a part of it and you know roast battle it's it's a show that's given me a lot it, it's yeah, as you can tell by this two and a half hour uh, <laughs> uh podcast it's uh i have mixed feelings <laughs> about certain things but I, I always like to thank brian moses for creating it and Jeff Ross for getting it on television because without them, I wouldn't have gotten all the other things I have. Uh, go on Comedy Central, put in Earl Skakel in the search engine, and you'll see uh, Battles from Season 1. You won't see Season 2 or Season 3, but that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs>